What up? This is Milky. And this is Bilby. Welcome to Your Scene. We're back for episode three. And this week, we're doing a big discussion on Obese Records and the whole era of what they created and was just a, a steadfast label of Australian hip hop. We're going to talk all things from the, the birth. Uh, we're going to go through the whole discography of all the roster artists. We'll go through the roster arts as well, but that's probably something that we'll cover through the discography. Uh, we're going to talk a bit on the block parties, obese distribution and the labels they supported, Zenith Records, moving from Izzet Street to Commercial Road. Uh, we'll talk on a bit on Plethora Records, April 77 Creative, uh, the slowing down, artists leaving, and then ultimately the label and store closing down. And adding the Frankston store that Flu managed. Uh, so, if you've pressed play on this, then you're a bloody legend. So, let's get into it. What up? Uh, welcome back, everybody. So Milky and I had actually recorded this um, a couple of days ago, but I totally fucked up and just had the wrong inputs going and shit and didn't even check it before he bounced. But uh, he's in Brisbane now. So here I am re-recording this, not the whole episode, just just this, uh, this uh, new releases segment first, um, just by myself. So. This is Bilby. Thank you for listening. And um, real quick, I just have to give a disclosure. On the last Fortnite's episode, I was saying about how we'd fucked up the new releases on this week's episode, but it's just not true. Um, It's actually the next Fortnite's one that we'd fucked up on. Uh, Not this one. So it's, it's coming next fortnight but regardless the drops and stuff that are in there are still just as important so make sure you go check them out when it comes out and if there's anything massive that we've missed maybe i'll try and like chop it in or something we'll we'll try and do some recording uh to get it all in there but anyway without further ado uh coming right off the bat we had a new drop through the No One Network YouTube channel. It's this guy, JK47. Uh, the track features Nerve. It's called Came For The Lot, produced by Sammy Mack, otherwise known as Smack. Uh, and that one's real cool. Go check it out. Um, there was also another, another one on the No One Network YouTube channel. It's one of Nerve's tracks. Uh, a new single called ASMR. ASMR. Um, and that features Obi and Marty Bugatti from Triple One. And also, um, oh, what's his name? And I'll get it up real quick. On the YouTube channel. Here we go. Where is it? Oh, maybe it's not on. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yes, go check that out. It's fucking awesome. Um, right after that, we had Mourns with Patchwork, 
featuring Micho Stamenis. That track was fucking wicked. Uh, go sus that one. And there's another, there's another Mourns one as well from um, Rob Shaker's album coming out soon. So go, go sus those. They got mad visuals along with them. This next one's massive scrub with casualty. Um, it's his first drop through Golden Era Records, actually. He was just recently signed, so big up Scrub. Uh, and if you don't know him, go fucking sus because that kid is fucking wicked. Playa of Cerberus Ill dropped a new clip on his YouTube channel called No More Flex, produced by Beatheads. That's Jace Beatheads, if anyone who doesn't know. It's fucking sick. Shook had a new release called Do Something. And it's classic Shook. You know what she, who she is. She's the fucking queen. So, yeah. Cadet X had a new single. And this one's fucking huge. Uh, featuring a whole bunch of the 9 to 5 crew. It's a massive posse joint off his upcoming album, Where You Been. Uh, it's actually the title track off that album. And it's, it's up on the 9 to 5 YouTube channel with a whole film clip um and it's actually just come out as well on spotify and apple music and whatever else so go have a sus there are cds up for pre-order on the nine to five Bandcamp, and uh there's also an album launch next friday um that i'm playing so not tomorrow if you're listening to this on the day of release but the the week after uh so make sure you come down cop ticks and whatever i think the album is coming out on monday if i'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure it is so keep your eyes out for that one it's fucking sick p smurf had a new e called look out for scratches featuring dj cost and they also have a um they've got a show in melbourne and a show in sydney the whole scratches records click uh so both of these shows that i'm talking about are at bar 303 in melbourne um the cadet x one is on the friday and then the scratches records one is on the saturday and then i think it's the weekend after that the sydney launch is for scratches records um but if you're in either of these states and you want to see some fucking wicked hip-hop Go, go, make sure you fucking go support these people because it's going to be fucking awesome. CK and I had a cheeky drop over the weekend on the Rascal Collective YouTube channel and we may or may not be doing an EP, who knows. Um, but we've kind of decided not to promo at all, like at all, basically, um, just to keep you on your toes and shit. So keep your eyes peeled for all of that stuff coming. Uh, the big man Timid from the 9 to 5 crew had another drop uh, just the other day. I can't remember what day it was, but that's called Erratic. It's on the 9 to 5 YouTube and I believe his SoundCloud as well. I haven't actually checked, but yeah, go hit that up. Uh, and so, I mean, we we did have a Milky's Cops section in here this week for everything that Milky picked up from the last episode. But um, he's not here, so maybe we'll just have to put it off till next week or next fortnight, sorry. 
And um, yeah, there we go. So anyway, without further ado, enjoy this episode. And yeah. Yeah, so I reckon this week's episode's probably going to be pretty long. Yeah. And just a little bit of a rundown on what happened this morning. <laughs> um, Milky came into the studio <laughs> and I was just asleep on the couch. We had a few people over last night and um, I'm fine. I'm good, but I just woke up late <laughs> and we're just getting into it now. I'm um, super tired. Mate, I'm raring to go. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. I expect yeah. this episode's going to be pretty long today. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we've got a bit to get through, so stay tuned. Should be interesting. Hopefully we can teach you a thing or two. Fuck yeah, I'm going to get a schooling today right. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll start the birth. Yeah. So it was founded in 1995 and it wasn't called Obese Records then. It was actually called OBs, just the letter O and the letter B, apostrophe S. And that name came from the original owner slash founder, Ollie Bobbitt. There you go. Yeah, that's it. So, so it was at 4A, is it Street Paran? So um, hang on, what was it back then? So it was, it was just, just a, a record store, yeah. Yeah, it was just a record store specializing in hip hop. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, and so Ollie, he was a well-known graph writer and skater from the Paran area. And yeah, he was pretty much just holding it down from about 95 to 2000-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and around that time, Ollie sold it to Shazlek One. And it's the dates get a bit... I mean, I've, I should probably... Do a bit of a disclaimer where we've got all this information of, uh, you know, like me going to the store and, and talking to people and, you know, for over a period of about 10 years, stuff we found on the internet. Um, so if we do get anything wrong, hit us up. Yeah, let us know. Email us and like we're always, uh, you know, we still want to learn. We we'll don't just fix it up in one of the, one yeah. of the later episodes. Yeah. Like we're doing our best to get this info out there, but there might be a thing or two we get wrong. So, or on yeah. on that note as well, if there's anything to add, if yeah, anyone yeah. wants that as well, wants to add anything about yeah. this error, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we cover everything. Um, and we're, yeah, we're truly doing this in the most humble way possible. We just want to spread the good word, and so yeah, hopefully you can all appreciate that. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was around 2000 where yeah, Shazlek one bought it, and yeah, again, it's a bit hazy here. Um, I'm pretty sure the way it happened was Shaz started the label. Yep. Um, and were you going to say something about Capital Records? Yeah. Uh, just online, I found that. Um it just said on the Wikipedia for Obese Records that it was founded by a company called Capital Records. And the only information I could find on that is that it's a uh, it's a company in America, but it's spelt differently. So I'm not sure. I yeah, feel like I'd- maybe Shazlek originally named it Capital Records mm-hmm. and then it later, later changed the name or something. Yeah, something like that. And like we said, I mean, it, if you know more than us, then yeah, hit us up and we will truly go through that. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the way it works. Shaz started the label and 
Yeah, there's also some stuff online saying it was the first Oz hip hop label, and I don't think that's true because do you know what was before that? Enough said. Oh yes, sure. of course. Yeah, like yeah, for sure. From all accounts, I think that that is like the original. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I'm not. Yeah, I would say so. Mm. I mean, who were who was enough said? Who was on it? Like Prowler. Yep. Delta. Yep. Uh, Plutonic Lab. Yep. And Pegs did that one drop on it. Yeah, Rogue. Pegs did Rogue on, uh, what was the compilation called? Um, Rock to City. Yep. Yeah, one of the Rock to City. There was a few compilations. Was Jace on? Yeah, Jace was on that as well. I don't know. We could probably do a whole episode of Enough Said. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> this is obese. Yeah. Um, so, But I I just sort of wanted to highlight that. Um I don't, yeah, I don't think it was the first Oz hip hop label. Yeah. Um, which is probably a noteworthy point. Uh, moving forward, though, uh, Shaz, I believe, asked Reason to be the first release, and that was Solid, OBR001. And that came out 2000. 2000, exactly, on the dot. I don't have the exact date here, but mm. it was the year 2000. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying. That Shaz started the label because I'm pretty sure I heard in an interview that of reason that Shaz asked reason to be the first release. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. And it'll become more evident why yeah. in, in about two minutes. Yeah. Um, also, just another quick disclaimer for mm. those who don't know, because um, we're going to be doing this a lot this episode, OBR followed by a series of numbers just means obese records and then the number determines what release it was yeah. on the on the label yeah just in case that wasn't clear to yeah. anyone yeah yeah i didn't um i didn't list like every like one of those codes it was just i just found it interesting some of the early releases because those numbers sort of do jump all over the place a bit yeah they and it do really, it, I, I don't quite understand it um there's a couple of reasons sometimes mm. they're released um if you do like double LPs, yep. one of them will be yeah, like, you know, 001 and then yep. the next one will be yeah. 002. Yeah, and the CD might be 003. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's the different formats and then yep. videos as well if yeah, they yeah. did like official videos. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I should, before we go further, because, yeah, well, the next point is that Tyrion Staff, a.k.a. Pegs, Bought the store off Shaz in mid two thousand and two, um, but there, yeah. So there was a couple of releases prior to that. Culture of Kings one, yep, came out in two thousand. Who, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure Delta was the one that set up the Culture of Kings okay. compilation. Yeah, that rings a bell. Um, and I think he did most of it at his studio in. Adelaide? Yeah. Oh. There was a, yeah, man, I, I read something about this. Um, I don't, was it Delta? It was definitely, in, it was definitely in one of the Adelaide guys. Can't yeah. Remember. Or maybe it was Debris. Yeah. Man, I, I can't know. remember. Maybe we should fact check that. Yeah, we might, we might fact check that yeah. at the end of the episode or something. Yep. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, so, yeah. So Pegs bought it mid-2002 
and he changed the name to Obese Records. Mm-hmm. Like he obviously, I mean, I, actually, I don't, oh, I don't know. That's something else we don't know. Like I don't know. I get, you know, you assume it was called Obese, and he's just changed it up a bit and called it Obese. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of a like. It feels like it was a bit of a shout out. Yeah, paying paying respects to Ob. Yeah, sure. Um, and what else we got? And yeah, so that was like, I guess the beginning of what was going to be like an enormous thing for hip hop in Australia. And it like, from accounts that I've heard, it was just like the the hangout spot for all hip hop heads coming into Melbourne from all over Australia. They just they'd hang out there all day. Yeah, just drink beers. They'd Dan Murphy's across the road. Yeah, people would just come and go and. With with dudes like Pegs, Brad Strutt, and Bias B behind the counter, mm. uh, you know, it was just it was just the hub. Like you just go there and kick it, talk hip hop, listen. Man, I wish I was there for those days. But mm. <laughs> uh, oh, and and the the car stickers, like I'm sure everyone's seen the big obese records, fatter than your mama stickers. Yeah, plus on the back of people's windows. Yeah, every time I see one of those driving down the street, I want to roll down my window and yeah. shout, shout to the homies. Mm, me yeah. too. And you, yeah, you don't see it much now, but I can proudly say that when I got my first car, it was like the first thing I did, put a mm. big, big obese sticker on the back window. Yeah, so you got anything else you want to add to the birth? Um, yeah, well... I'm not sure. I'm not sure when it, exactly it was. Um, it would have been a while after Pegs turned it into a label. Mm. Um, but eventually, at some stage, it became a subsidiary label, like a child label yeah. of um, Warner. Yeah, yeah, Warner Music Group. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this happens a lot with labels mm. <clears throat> nowadays. They the bigger labels like Warner and Sony and all that kind of stuff, they'll, they just buy, they don't really buy They like go into contracts with smaller labels and it works the same way with a label, um, like giving money to an artist or like loaning, kind of loaning money to an artist to do an album or a film clip or whatever. It's the same with the parent companies they'll loan money to the labels yep. to then distribute oh, through their sure. artists. Yep. Um, and it's it's actually pretty good because it means that, you know, you can start a small label and if you are able to get one of these deals with Warner and or Sony or whoever, um, you can really make a big, a big change. Mm. It's like Dreamville Records this is getting a little bit, more American and stuff, but mm. um, yeah, J. Cole. I'm pretty sure it's J. Cole's. Yeah. He he still has full control over his label, <laughs> but it's a child company of yep. one of the other labels. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 It's it can be pretty good. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah, because I mean, when you're doing this sort of thing, you need money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True that. If you want to make a big difference, like in mm. a in a and do really cool things, like what Pegs was doing. Yeah. All those film clips back then, man. Fucking hell. Yes. Oh, so good. No. Yeah. All right. Well, 
let's kick off this discography. And man, there is just like, oh, just the the scene defining releases for hip hop in Australia. And I don't know, like, I guess being you know a kid from Melbourne as well, it's it, it's like such a big deal to me. And like just the whole obese movement, like I was sort of watching it unfold as a, as a young teenager, mm. which was pretty cool. So like, I've just got like such a massive soft spot for all this. Mm. So yeah, number one, OBR001. The first release came from the man, Reason, the king, the pioneer. Solid was the was the name of the album. Fuck yeah, Reason. Yeah, and oh, uh, if you haven't heard that, like. It's it's you can stream it on YouTube and fuck me it is just just gold absolute gold uh, and that track Melways <laughs> mm. with uh, with Bias B and it's just taking you on this roller coaster ride mm. all over Melbourne it's just incredible. Then this yeah and this the second release Culture of Kings one also came out in two thousand and that's that really just sort of set the scene nationally for Australian hip-hop. It included artists from all over Australia and it just, it just, I guess, created like this massive network. Hmm. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, the culture, um, the culture albums were just like next level. Yeah. Um, I was watching a, video on culture two mm. the other day and you would have seen it as well it was on the obese tv oh yeah um yeah just seeing like all the artists it was so diverse mm. so diverse yeah and um it really brought everyone together i think all these people were like like all the artists were all homies and stuff mm. before any of this stuff happened and i'm pretty sure so it was debris i'm pretty sure that yeah. that yeah. did the album yeah that, that at crossbred sounds, studios that sounds right yeah. yeah and um and i think he was just i'm pretty sure i remember hearing on like an interview or something he was um he had already planned on doing this album way before obese had become obese oh no shit and so he was just like linking up with so many people in the scene at mm. that time. Yeah. And it was super underground at that at yeah. that stage oh, as yeah. well still. Like nothing was really like nothing was commercialized. It, none of it was on radio. Um yeah, it's just like straight up authentic Australian yeah. hip hop. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So then we had Hip Hop Life the twelve inch from Bias B. That was out in 2001, and that's got a track on it that is another classic, mm. Thirsty. Mm. <laughs> Man, I remember hearing that. <laughs> oh, fuck. And it was like just, I, I remember listening to it. I'm like, man, this beat is so sick. But like, if you listen to one of the earlier episodes, I was saying how I got into hip-hop from listening to Australian hip-hop. I don't even know that was a biggie beat. Mm. <laughs> I was listening to Thirsty, like, fuck yeah, this is sick. And then I heard me mates playing juicy I'm like what the fuck why are they ripping Bice B's beats <laughs> <laughs> I've learned you know uh, I was very young at this stage um but yeah that's cool 
Yeah, then Culture Kings 2 in 2002. And yeah, just like keeping on that um, legacy of building the Australian Hip Hop Network. All that. Uh, Matty B, The Courageous LP. Classic. Mm, that was 2002. And so this is uh, OBR009, which like this is where it like, confuses me because we've only had, what, one, two, three, four releases and we're at nine. But like you were saying, you know, there was Culture of Kings coming out on vinyl, CD. Well, and this was the thing. The Culture of Kings 2 was, yeah, a double mm. LP. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think they had to make, uh, what was it then? It was... So 001 was Reason. Yeah. 002 was Culture of Kings. Yeah. And then 003 would have been Culture of Kings as well. Yeah, true. 004 would have been Bias. Yeah. 005 through 8 would have been Culture 2. Yeah. I should get up the... And you can check out this discography. It's on... um. It's on the Obese Records website, which is like still going. So yeah, they've still got the website up. Yeah, you which can is cool. Go check it they out. Should, they should keep that. Yeah. So, Bias Hip Hop Life 12 inch was OBR003. Yeah, and you're right. Culture of Kings 2 was OBR004 to, 00, to 008. Yeah. So, yeah. There was a. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And then we're at 009. Matty B, the courageous. And man, this was like, this was another early thing that I heard that. That really got me into into the scene. Um, uh, Accents, one of the tracks on it. That was actually like if I had to, I can't remember the order, but if I had to fit, like pick like five tracks, the first tracks that I heard, Accents was one of them, and like that just like resonated, and the just the whole concept of what he's speaking on, like it's just so real. And I was at a stage. When I was getting into hip hop, that you know, like I was getting bullied for listening to Aussie hip hop, yeah. And like, so, so to hear someone just like <clears throat> speak so passionately about the accent, like that well, was just that was just like amazing for me. And that was a big, um, it was sort of it was definitely before the 2000s, but that was a big thing in Australian hip hop as well. What accent you should be rapping in, yeah, because when it first hit the shores mm. back in like the 80s or whatever, yeah. everyone was, well, a lot of people were rapping with American accents. Yeah. I don't think much of it was recorded yeah, because of the time and, you know, people were just getting into it over here. Yeah, that's right. But then I think the first people, the first group to really hit hard with the Australian accent was the AKA brothers. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, so it definitely was like a big... A big thing and it was really cool for maddie b to be yeah yeah you know talking on it yeah, straight up it's a great song yeah i'm lucky crispy got me the wax yeah right for my i think it was my 18th or my 21st or something yeah so, i remember that actually yeah so i'm pretty lucky to have that in the stash yeah a bunch of people put in for that did they yeah oh, i think so yeah oh, i'm blessed <laughs> So moving on, we had Brad Strutt, The Authentic, came out in 2001. That was OBR010. And that's, yeah, just another one of those early classics. Absolute classic. Yeah. Um, Tu Wong featuring Lazy Gray and Len One. That, man, that is a banger. Mm. Like, 
if you haven't heard this stuff, like you got to go back and check it out because yeah, it's like scene, 100%. scene defining shit. Yeah, Brad Strutt was um, one of the members from. Just in case anyone doesn't know, Lyrical Commission. Yep. Um, which was even before Obese Records. Yeah, yeah. So, so that yeah, like he was, <clears throat> yeah. Strap was already like a well-defined artist. I mean, a lot of these guys are like, um, you know, Reason. He's been around since like the eighties. Mm. You know, like they they just sort of happened to be around at the starting of Obese, I guess, as well. Yeah. And then this is a bit of an interesting one that, uh, yeah, I, I thought it might find, you know, you might find interesting if you haven't heard of it. It, it was a group consisting of three dudes called Upshot and the album was called Unsuspected. It came out in 2002 and it consisted of MC Sleeping Monk, Kuro and Earthboy. So, right. Yeah. So I've Q- never even heard of this. Yeah, yeah. So, and like. It's another one of those things that, that like I've spoke on. Like it, you know, a lot of this stuff you haven't heard. You can't buy it unless you find the originals. So, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm working through it. But yeah, Kuro was uh, from Adelaide, and he really like headed to Sydney. He was part of a group called the Fugleman. I don't know a heap about him, um, but now you know. You can go check that shit out if you can find any info on it. Uh, Sleeping Monk. He's a veteran of the Sydney hip hop world. Um, one of Sydney's longest-serving MCs, as right, a matter of fact. Go. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, Earth Boy, we all know. He's a co-founder of Elephant Tracks and The Herd, and, and he's still a, such a prolific artist to this day. Yep. He's, um, yeah, he's put in work. So that's cool. Do you want to rail off a few? Yeah, sure thing. Um, we have Reason's Reography. So, again, in 2002. Yeah. Um, that album is you just picked yeah. the CD up, didn't you? Oh, you're yeah. in the process of Yeah, I'm still waiting up. for it. Yep. But yeah. That's another fucking classic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is this is a real classic. And this is actually what I was talking about before. Sorry, it wasn't Culture Two, oh, it was yeah. Obese City Two. Right. Yeah. So in two thousand two, Obese decided to do a compilation album called Obese City. Obesity. Obesity. <laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing. I love I love when artists put like a wordplay into the title. Yeah, it's yeah, so, so good. good. Same with Reography. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Obese City 2 was, I might have to quickly get up. Yeah, that's cool. I was going to say um, one of my favorite tracks of Obese City, the original one, was by After Hours featuring Pegs. And there's, I just love this line. It just resonated with me. Pegs, he goes, give it up for the Don Shazalek one mm. on what this Aussie hip hop has become. Mm. Um, you know, and that, that's come out in 2002, basically around the time when uh, Pegs would have been taken over the label. Mm. Uh, so it's pretty cool just like hearing those like big shout outs like way back then. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, I'm trying to find the, oh, it doesn't even matter. I was trying to find the the list who was on it. Oh yeah. Um but you can just look it up. Just look it up for yeah. sure. It's um Obesity's one of the yeah. one of the really I can give you classics. A, give you a couple with artists include Terra Firma, yeah. Brothers Stoney, Solomon Klepto, 
uh, this is a good one. Chopper Reed. Yeah. Brad Strutt buys B and um, Bob Balance. Yeah. If you haven't heard that song, go yeah. look it up. You yeah. can see it. There's a film out. clip on YouTube. Yeah. Hospice Crew, Coolism, uh, Hoods are on there. He's riding under one banner. I fucking love that track. It's um, all the all the classic. Yeah. All the classics. Yeah. For real. Um, all right. Yeah. Have a listen to that one for sure. Where we at? Hunter and Disaster, done DL. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was an interesting one as well because Syllabolics, the label over in Perth, that was kicking at, at this sort of time frame as well. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure this was released. This was, It was released on SBX. It was SBX 003. It was also released on OB, so OBR 014-014, yeah. So that's cool. And, yeah, rest in peace, Hunter. That was, yeah, rest in peace, Hunter, for sure. Um, such a legend. Yeah. In our scene. Another, another king, another pioneer. You know, the scene just wouldn't be what it what it is today without him. Yeah, if you if you haven't heard if you don't know anything about Hunter, you're sleeping. Yeah. Look into him. Yep. Um that was actually the first album that was the first um song, I think, that draft he he featured on a couple of the tracks. Oh no shit. Uh on Dundiel. And that's what kickstarted him into Australian Australian hip hop? Yeah, I, th- I thought Pale Rider came out before that. Um, it may have come out before that, but it was definitely like he met Hunter and Disaster yep. at a no, bar. Actually, no, you're probably right. Yeah, Dude, Pale Rider came out in 2003. He also did. There was misunderstood on. Was uh, it on Culture One? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but I think he, I think he, like linked up for Dundee L. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But then it just took them a while to release that album. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah well, so yeah, that well, that Dundee L came out in '03, and so did Pale Rider. Yeah. So right was, there you go. Yeah. So that was like obviously <laughs> big things happened in Perth. Yeah. Big things happened in Melbourne. Yeah. You know, and I, and like Drafto was like sixteen or something back then. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's crazy. <laughs> Syllabolics, yeah. Otherwise known as SBX, you, you've probably heard SBX yeah. over Syllabolics, but yeah, yeah the Scylla yeah, Squad. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. And we're back to Culture of Kings again. Volume 3 came out in 2003. And yeah, I mean, you're getting the, <laughs> you're getting the idea of this was a... Oh, yeah. This, this, maybe this is what you're thinking of. This one was... Culture of Three was produced by Pegs and Dimes, DJ Dimes oh. of Terra Firma. Does that sound right? I don't know. No, I was definitely, I was definitely thinking about the debris one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So another classic there. Nineteen tracks and the best newest hip hop talents in this wide brown land has to offer. <laughs> so good, and it's so true. Yeah, it's so fucking true. And that was, that came out in it's got two thousand four on there. On their discography, but I've called it 2003. I think a lot of these early releases on on the actual website aren't right because, like, you know, when we get into the Pegs era coming up, it says like his whole like his first like five releases are released in like 2004 or some shit, which is just not true. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck, that was a busy year for him. Yeah, maybe they just um, I don't know, maybe the website fucked up or something yeah after they stopped 
Don't know. Don't well, know. I think we got out. We got. We've definitely got the years down. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> next up, we had hijack and torture with drastic measures. The MCs out of Sydney. Yep. Now I never, I never heard this. I've only, <clears throat> yeah, only I ever heard I've... hijack and torture on featured songs. Yeah. Well, I haven't got this album, so yeah, I haven't heard it either. Mm. Another, another one of those ones. Yeah. Hard to come by. Um, but yeah, check that out if you haven't. We'll be, we'll certainly be doing that. Yeah, hijack and torture are fucking legends. Yeah. And I guess going through, like I mentioned before, going through this discography. These artists that we're speaking on, like, they were, like, roster artists for Obese. Yes. So, uh, as as far as I know, and again, man, feel free to fact check us. Hit us up on the Gmail. You're mm. seen one. That's you're seen O-N-E at gmail.com. Um, yeah, these are, like, contracted artists to release music on Obese Records. Yeah. I just sort of, I'm just sort of trying to say that now, so we're not going to like do this whole thing again and go through every artist. So. Oh, and sort of speaking on that as well, um, just so everyone sort of understands what Obese Records was, mm. they did distribution. Yep. They managed artists. Yes. Yeah. They managed events. Yep. Um, what else? They did. They did pretty much everything yeah. that a label does. Yeah. So block parties. Yeah. All that. We're everything. gonna we're gonna speak on all that stuff. Yeah. All right, now. Um, oh, this is this is huge. Man. Probably, probably your favorite. I would say. Yeah, probably. Yeah, got the poster sitting right there. Yeah, this. Um, I remember reading. There's like a um, Oz Hip Hop forum, obviously back from like this sort of time, two thousand two, two thousand three. And I remember. I I don't know how the fuck I stumbled upon it, but I found like the this original thread of dudes talking about. Hilltop Hoods being signed obese. Yep. And they're like, oh, I can't remember like the exact words, but like, holy shit, Hoods have been signed obese. This is huge. Mm. Like, and like, every, I just remember everyone being so excited. This must have been prior to the cooling release, yep. which is next, Cab Off the Rank, released in 2003. And yeah, man, that like was just massive. Like, that was, oh, we got to get the info up here. It was like the first album, Aussie hip hop album to it's, it went gold. Did it? I think yeah. so. Should look it up. Hang on. I mean, because this this was when um with the nosebleed section, radio, commercial radio yeah. and community radio stations around Australia yeah. picked up the nosebleed section. Yeah. So this in as far as I'm concerned, um, was the first album to be commercialized a yeah. first australian hip hop album to be commercialized yep. within australia yeah yeah um and so that this opened so many fucking doors for yeah, so many 100%. people yeah it was just like it was just a and a pinnacle point of the australian hip hop journey yeah this album yeah and <clears throat> yeah on the 26th of july Obese announced that the album became the first Australian hip-hop release to achieve platinum certification. Right, platinum. It peaked at number three on the album's charts in 2004 before re-entering the chart at number 50 in March 2012. <laughs> that would have been when... Was that when Golden the, Era 
started? Um, yeah. Or was yeah, that well, yeah, it must, it must have been following the release of their sixth album, Drinking from the Sun. So yeah, maybe maybe they re-released it on. Well, they, they did. Era. That's right. They, yeah. because of all the original. So, and we're going to get to them. So, like all the hoods albums released on Obese, they basically re-release them on Golden Era yep. with with updated artwork and all that sort of thing. And they, and there's like a, a bonus track on each one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is, I think, this is my probably my favorite hoods album. Yeah, for sure. The it's, Sentinel me too, yeah. is such a great I yeah. I found the sample yeah. and reproduced the beat badly. Yeah, so nobody I, asked me for that it. That was awesome. I love I, that. I got the sample down real good. Mm. The cuts that uh Suffer did on the sample. Yep. But the um the drums were just heinous. <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't be asking me for it. Yeah. But um it's out there, you can find the sample if you want to yeah. recreate yeah. <laughs> recreate that yeah, song. A bit of fun. It's great. Yeah. This album is like next level. So many I mean dumb enough. Yeah, and like Nosebleed section came in at number three, I think, in the hottest one hundred. Mm-hmm. Or number three or number six. It was up there. And it was just like it was just crazy, you know, for and like for I guess that national nationwide audience of Triple J that and like the nation hadn't heard Aussie hip hop before yeah. and these dudes have just come in and taken out in like the top tens. It was just crazy. So, so what um what did the hoods do before this? So before that uh left the foot, album, right foot yeah it was, was left that foot, after? right foot. So yeah. uh, that was just like an independent release. Yep. Uh so that was about two thousand one I think. Again that probably would have just been done through almost through like crossbred Yeah. Yeah. Yeah with I debris. Can't, yeah I can't remember the exact and then before that, they also had the... Before that was a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. So that was about 99, I think. They actually had... Yeah, they had like three before yeah. Obese. Yeah. yeah. And then before that was their first EP, Back Once Again. Yep. Which is like, you know, fetching like close to $1,000 for the record on eBay. There was also... And, yeah, before a, that... A matter of time? Yeah, so that that was after Back oh, Once Again. Did you already say yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm like... Yeah, this is pretty hazy. It's hard to find this sort of info. Um, but I'm pretty sure they had like, well, they, yeah, they, because they're they active since like early 90s, like 91. Yep. And I'm pretty sure they had a demo tape prior to back once again called yep. The Highlanders, which yep. I think was sort of like their original name or something like that. Yep. I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Man. Oh, so that would have been with, when did Debris rock, rock uh, into it? Yeah. So. It was DJ Next. Yep. It's originally Next Left After, Left Foot, Right Foot. Okay. Because, there's a, yeah, there's a line in Testimonial Year from Safa going with Next Left, the group at near broke my heart. Yeah. Then Debris stepped up as the DJ. Yeah. The super super team spearheaded by BJ. Yeah. Barry Francis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> if, you, if, if you need a school, we could again do a whole episode on Hilltop oh, Hoods. Yeah. If you need a school in yeah. on Hilltop Hoods, hit up Milky. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then this is probably someone else that people might know of Andy Structure. Uh, he had an album released on Obese in 2003 called Andy Social. Andy Social. That <laughs> is so good. Yeah. <laughs> and. Yeah, like I, it's another one that I haven't um, had the privilege of listening to. I've I, I've managed to listen to a few tracks on on YouTube, 
there's one that you got to check out called Sellout Playground featuring Pegs and Delta. And mm-hmm. man, it is just so good. All right. Actually, we might need to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Um, sorry to everyone. This is probably getting probably a bit droney, but hope hope you're still here and <laughs> enjoying it. But uh, what what culture album was it that Delta had for the Kings? Was uh, it Culture Two? Yeah, because that song was and still is mm. to this day. Oh probably one of my favorite Australian hip hop joints. Yeah. And it's um it's amazing. Yeah. If you haven't heard that, he's got the heavy was a head force to wear the crown, yes. yet to lessen the burden friends share it around. Yeah. And that kind of that line sort of describes that whole era. Yeah. Just in one line. Yeah. They they are all kings in their own right. Yeah. But they all shared that like f- glory and stuff together around that time yeah because it was so small the scene was so small and tight knit mm. um they were all just homies yeah and yeah delta's another um another one of those like you know pioneers yeah they've just been doing it for so for a very long time before obese and everything yeah yeah it was on culture kings 2 the first track yeah um, I was going to say something else. Yeah, and he did. Um, he did like a follow-up track on, I think, Pyramid Schemes. His yeah. album Pyramid Schemes called Still Kings. Yep, which is sick. Yeah, and he's got um sort of a very similar hook. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I remember that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's definitely one of the one of the classics that you got to check out if you haven't. Yeah. Now this next one is a big one. Yeah, this one was another. Another big mm. release, the Bliss and Esso Flowers in the Pavement 2004. Yeah. So um, I- Bliss and Esso was actually the first Australian hip hop that I heard. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't Flowers in the Pavement. I'm yeah. not sure what it was. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, they were doing it <clears throat> as well, same as Hoods. Mm. They were doing it well before. Um, Obese. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know my Bliss and Esso history like I do with the Hoods. I don't know. It- yeah, like I've I've heard all, you know, all this stuff, but I don't know. There was just something about them that didn't like resonate with me. Yeah, yeah. The same that was it. No, like no disrespect to them. Like they're fucking OGs of the scene. Yeah. To any regard. Um. Yeah, DJ Ism. Yeah, man, he's like a a mental turntablist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. The only the only real piece of history that maybe people don't know, um, CK told me. Bliss and Esso was originally called Bliss and Esotericism. Yeah. And Esso's name was Esoteric. Yep. Back in the and he's actually now released solo. I'm pretty sure he's yeah. released that yeah, album he has. called Esoteric. Yeah, under Esoteric. Yeah. Yep. Oh, under Esoteric. Yeah, yeah. He's um, yeah, pretty sure. Huh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe his name's still technically esoteric, but they yeah. just do. Anyway. Mm. Doesn't matter, but it's a great um it's a great name. If you don't know what esoteric means or esotericism, mm. look it up because it makes a lot of sense yeah. once you once you know. Yeah. All right. This gets me excited. This next little, <laughs> the next few here, like because this dude's like just the <laughs> like the king for me. Like 
the reign of pegs. Um, yeah, so the man, the CEO of the label. And yeah, this one, see, this is like where like the the catalog numbers and the years like get a bit confusing, but doesn't matter. We got Pegs, the Pegasus 12 inch, his mm. first EP, which was came out in 2001. Yeah. But it's sporting catalog number OBR020. Um, yeah, this is actually one I managed to pick up recently. Yep. And it's got, yeah, so it's got, I think it goes. Every show featuring reason, hmm. celebrate daily. Actually, probably the other way around. Uh, Rogue remix by Plutonic Lab mm-hmm. and Fatter, and then the instrumentals on that side. It's called this side and that side. This side and that side. <laughs> That's it. I think. I think maybe it was again one of those releases that was. It was like released through maybe Crossbreds studio independently in oh. 2001 okay. and then re-released on Obese Records oh, yeah, maybe. later on. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Well, the one I've got is the Obese one because it's got, it's got that catalogue number on it, 020. Yeah. Um, maybe they only did tapes or something. Yeah, maybe. Don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Someone school us on it, please. Yeah, please do. And then we had the Pegs and Task Force. This is another cool... Um, play on words for the for the name because it's another 12 inch and it's called 12 12 inch apostles or like 12 apostrophe things for meaning inches and then apostles yeah um so yeah if you don't know who task force is they're like like a very old school uk rap duo consisting of task force and farmer g uh and they've got i think yeah so they've got 12 apostles on there true to the art and then i think just like acapellas and instrumentals yep yeah, so, yeah, that's a classic. Um, and then, again, I did say the reign of Pegs, so we're up with Pegs again with Capricorn Cat, which was his debut album yep. coming out in 2003. And, yeah, so that album also had the 12 Apostles on it and True to the Art with Task Force and a bunch of other classics. Yeah. And, yeah, man, like, that's one for me. If you listen to this and you haven't listened to that album, Go do that. Now, that one's even on Spotify, so no excuses to anyone. <laughs> yeah, go listen to it for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yep. That is, um, yeah, I listened to Capricorn Cat after, oh, my Lord. What's his uh, Axis? Yeah. I listened to it after Axis, mm. sort of back cataloging. Yeah. It's one of my favorite albums. Yeah. I'm sure I'm going to say that a lot because there's so much that I've forgotten as well. Yeah, me too, man. Like going, like doing all the research and putting this episode together. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like I just found myself in like, like days on YouTube, like listening to like all this old stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bringing that love back for it. So cool. Yeah. And I could just, I could literally just like listen to this stuff for the rest of my life. Mm. It's just, man, awesome. Anyway. Moving on from that little reign of pegs. So he had, <laughs> yeah, he had OBR 020, 21, and 22 with those three. Do we move on to Reason again? His third album in what, four years? Yeah. This, this one came out in 2004, One Step Ahead. Um, It's another one I haven't heard. Yeah, me too. Mm, there's like, and like, if you listen, if you 
um, yeah, listen to this and you've heard the other episodes, you'll know how much I'm getting into reason at the moment. So it makes me sad to say I haven't listened to that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm getting there. Yeah, one day soon for sure. Mm. Then we had Muffin Plutonic with Hunger Pains, 2004. And like... I I think this was another huge one. And this fact, was a very big one. We should look that up because I'm pretty sure like this, like this is, I'm going to sort of call it now. Like I think from, or actually probably, probably from the calling 2003, like this is obese records, like ruling the fucking country. Yeah. You know, yeah like yeah. every release is like getting recognized and getting triple J airplay. Yep. Um, well, maybe, maybe not some of the, I mean, because there was kind of two sides at this time as well. Like yep. um, some of the music was more uh, design sounded more like for radio. Yeah. And then some of it was still very. Underground. Yeah. Like yeah. like raw Australian hip hop. Yep. Like the Reason albums and yeah. stuff. I'm not sure if they ever um, got that much airplay. Yeah. Hunger Pains definitely did. Yeah, that's like with he- like heaps good. Yeah, yeah, like, that was huge. Yeah, um, yeah, they did the uh, film clip for it. Yeah, the heaps good film <laughs> yeah, clip. That's a cool one. Check that out. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so that was two thousand four. Um, then what we got? Downside, less fortunate EP, the twelve inch. So this was like this came out in two thousand four as well, and again, um. Like, I'm sure this was released on Syllabolics. Yeah, Downside's well. one of uh, Syllabolics. Syllabolics, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Les Fortunate 12 inch. It was released in Obese in early 2004. And then their album, When the Dust Settles, came out in like December 2004. Right. Uh, yeah. Wow, they did two albums. Well, no. So, like, Les Fortunate is, was like the single off When the Dust Settles. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Yep. Yeah. So that was like the little teaser. So it's Optimus Disaster and Benny Beja. Beja? I don't know how to say that. Yeah. Um Yeah, I feel like I feel like it might have been I'm not too sure. See, and again, this is sort of where it's like getting a bit hazy around that time. Yeah. Um because Obese was doing a lot of distribution for yeah, that's right. like a shitload of artists. Yeah. But then I think like, you know, some of them with like the other labels and stuff, if they were involved with other labels, yeah, I think it was like, you know, released through SBX yeah. or released on SBX through Obese Records. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> mm. All right. It's a bit confusing. Yeah, it does. We'll just keep moving forward. Yeah. And, yeah. All right. Where were we? We're at Downside. We're up to Layla. Layla. The The fuss fuss about about sluts. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah, Layla. Another SBX. Yeah, another. So, yeah, it's a bit of a reign of the... um, Syllabolics, yeah. yeah. Over in Perth. Yeah. So that came out in 2006 and that was like... I feel like that was a... Um, it's yeah. See, this I've put this comes out in 2006, and then she's got Heretic, which came out in 05, but it doesn't really make sense. We should fact check that. 
we'll fact check it, but we'll we'll keep moving forward. Yeah. We'll come back to the fact checking. Yeah. But that's a dope album, Layla Heretic. Layla is just a dope artist, full stop. Yeah. I was listening to her again yesterday, just like, I was like, fuck, I haven't listened to Layla in such a long time, yeah. man. So good. So good. All right. This is a good one. DJ Bones, Mama's Kitchen Mix 2005. So this was a special release Obese did celebrating 10 years. So 95 to 05. There you go. And yeah, it was just like a another like compilation album. Bones Bones is one of the original DJs of um, Australia, Australian yep. hip-hop. Yep. He was Peg's, correct me if I'm wrong, he was Peg's yeah. DJ. Yep. Yep. He's tour DJ. Yep. He's... Oh my god, DJ Bones is next level. Yeah. I was watching a uh, a video from DJ Morgs yeah. from Fundamentals um, the other night through the lesson with DJ Sanchez. Oh yeah, yeah. Just watch it. He he goes mm. into a whole bunch about DJ Bones oh, and stuff. It's it's yeah, awesome. Seriously, everyone everyone needs to watch it. Yeah, um, it's really cool. Yeah. All right. Then we got Muffin. So Muffin was, I guess, the solo name of Muff of Muffin Plutonic. He he goes by Muffin on on his debut solo album, which yep. was called More Than Music, and that came out in 03. I think again, I think it was one of those um <clears throat> one of those like play on when Plutonic came into the picture. Cause yeah, he is like Muffin. MC Muffin. Yeah, true. Muffin Plutonic. Muffin Plutonic. Ah, I never yeah. really clicked on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Then we got Mr. Trials. So Trials of the Funkles. He had a solo uh, released through Obese called For the Ladies in 2005. Um, then this was a big one. Oh, should... just before that, yeah. I got the fact checking down. Oh, I see. The Fuss About Sluts was... Uh, I think maybe the single off Heretic yep. that were released in the same year. Yeah, okay. So, so it was like a that was 2005. Probably, that was probably a 12-inch little CD maybe. I yeah, know. I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure what it was released on. Yeah. But it's on uh, Google Play Music. Oh, shit. But yeah, like most of the, like, man, imagine having this whole catalog on wax. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just, Someone out there fucking probably does. Yeah, well, pigs would have. <laughs> True that. Yeah. He was selling a lot of his um, records wow. as Obese was sort of wrapping up. He'd have a lot of test pressings as well. Yeah. I remember I bought, what did I get? Because like every time I went to Obese, there was like all these classics on the shelf and there'd be like big numbers next to them. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I picked up Funkles, the greatest hits for like 90 bucks. Nice. So that's a good one. And then I got it signed by Trials. Sesta and Hans at a yep. gig yep. at the Workers Club. Was that that show that you uh, accidentally ended up, or like you were backstage or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I was like snuck backstage. Like, okay, yeah. like bring, I think Briggs and oh fuck, who else was there? I was sitting there like, what the fuck are you doing back here? <laughs> <laughs> Just like in the green room. <laughs> yeah, that is so. I don't good. know. I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> just made just made me heroes. Damn. <laughs> Good heroes to have, some like Trials. Yeah. He's real yeah. Um, poetic. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll just, because they got like such funny lyrics. 
Um, yeah, this is a big one. Draft. Who am I? 2005. So, yeah, that was his first release on Obese. It's my favorite draft album. Yeah. For sure. And, yeah, like draft's huge. Like we should see like how how big this album was. Um, pretty sure it's pretty big. I just need to, um, in the first song, I just need to say mm. that the first line, who am I, an Aussie battler, man mm. that manufactures plans to fracture, can't yeah. even stand my stature. <laughs> I want to know, do you reckon he's talking, is he like saying um, that I feel like a lot of it's going over my head, but all I've got so far is like the Aussie battler and maybe fracture from the mm. UK, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think fracture was even... In Australia at that time, I don't know. It kind mm. of feels like he's talking about. I think. I think he. Oh, I can't. You know, funny you bring that up because another big shout out to Biz Beast and the Biz here. I was listening to the episode with Fracture the other day. Yep. And he was talking about how, like, the first time he came over and he went to Perth. Yeah. And met Maddie B and Hunter, and he was just like spitting ciphers at a party or whatever yep. with them. I think he was only here for like, I can't remember the years though, that's all. Um, but he was here for like three months or something and then like went back and then like like linked up and was like, yeah, told his like crew like, man, we got to go back to Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it was pretty early. And like he's been, because he's been a big, big part of the Australian scene, Fracture. He has yeah. been, yeah. Huge. Yep. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. Mm. Maybe he is talking about that. Yeah, well, quite possibly. And like I said, you know, he like, he went to Perth where drafts from. Yeah. So, yeah I, yeah. I think you're probably right on the money there. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, did you get the... Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't find... the album did, no? Uh, yeah, look, mate, no, I'm not saying, like, Aria stuff, but, like... Yeah, I think I think back then, like, the, the stuff that Draft was making was... Definitely more underground. Yeah. A little bit less suited for yeah. radio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Disaster produced that. Mm. That album. It always weaked me out how, like, the artwork of Who Am I isn't, like, some crazy um, art from... It's... Uh, days? What? Oh, man, I should... What did uh, did Draft get all of his artwork done by? Yeah, like you know that like iconic, yeah, like crazy colorful, yeah, yeah. yeah he does all these, yeah, on his later releases um, that were all, like, yeah, and like in um, yeah. down, like downsides releases. Layla, um, man, I, I need to look up who the artist is. Um, like even like the I don't know if you heard that Grand Lodge three album. Not, um, I think it's Days. So he was, he was just an artist doing a lot of. What was he doing? All of syllabolics. Yeah. Or was he doing a lot of like? Yeah, he's just scene? like he's just like this crazy, um, yeah, graph artist, and he's like he like did all the artwork for draft downside, um, like, but yeah, most of SBX, I think. Yeah. Right. Hang on, we'll probably cut a bit of this so I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> um. Yeah, just talking about that draft, who are my artwork. Yeah, I always found it like all drafts releases look like the artwork has been by Dash of SBX, who is just, man, incredible. Like imagine, like think of all those um, iconic, crazy album covers 
um, from like downside. They like all just look brothers grim. Like they've got that hand drawn. Yeah, they've, yeah, they've all got, got that the same style. style. And yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it is all hand drawn. Like, yeah. No man, like it is incredible. Except, uh, yeah, who am I? Was just yeah, it was just like a, it's the, a photo or something of like an auditorium. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm just looking at some of them now. Like the artwork by Dash. Look that shit up. It is incredible. One of my favorite ones was a um, more recent album. Well, a few years old now, but <clears throat> by Grand Lodge Three. Um, man, just it's just incredible. I wonder if he did the like the Hoods album covers and stuff nah the hoods was oh i forget what the dude's name was i remember seeing it in um must have been the cooling live dvd or maybe the city of light one and they they have a whole segment on the artist yeah right because they are they're very similar yeah they are but dash is just like it's just a i mean it's it's a different style i guess but it's like it's just a whole other level, man. Like just the technical colors. Oh man, like I, I wish you guys were looking at this photo I'm looking at now. It is just crazy. Mm. So yeah, check that shit out. <sighs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. So we're up to draft. Who am I? Next up, we had DJ Bones, Aces High, came out in 2005. Then another Pegs classic, Axis. Yep. 2005. And yeah, that's probably another one of those early albums that I heard as a young, um, yeah, teenager. It's like just, man, like what would happen back then? Chesh and Gorilla. It's. Yeah, that was also one that um, they, they seemed to put a lot of like energy into the film clips and stuff on that yeah. album and i'm i'm pretty sure a lot of that was radio it's like going through the radio and stuff mm. yeah, yeah it was like what would happen was massive yeah what would happen was huge yeah and that film clip is unbelievable i was talking to someone yeah. about it yeah recently about um like what if they redid the album sorry the um, film clip now with like the technology and editing software yeah. that we've got now. Yeah. Cause the idea behind it was fucking amazing. And they did, they executed it mm. really well, yeah. but it would just be crazy, crazy. Like if, if you did it now. Mm. Yep. This next one's a bit of an interesting one. It's um, Grey Skull and Deep Baser featuring Immaculate. And it was an album called International, and it came out in 2005. And they're some artists from the States. And they feature on a track off Axis. Two Sides of the Map, I think. Yeah? Featuring Deep. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Two Sides of the Map. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I've definitely, yeah, I've definitely heard that track. (laughs) Like, it's so good. But I didn't realize that it was these guys. Yeah. Of the map pegs. Yeah, I've never I've never even heard of these guys. Yeah, two sides of the map featuring D Baser. And it's on Axis. There you so go. so it's these dudes who, who released this album through OBS. I haven't actually heard the album. Actually, you know what? I think I've got that. 
in my record collection. And I don't that know album. If, I don't know if I've ever listened to it. I feel like they, they had like a like a surplus of some like old dead stock, I think. Yeah. And they're basically just like giving them away. Oh. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that might be it. But like, I don't know. I just like, I was probably just like an ignorant young kid. Like, who's this? I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> I don't know. Now you're going to go home and listen to it straight up, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Now this is, um, this is, I guess, another sort of, oh, I mean, an interesting sort of chain of events. There's, there's basically a hell of a lot of 12 inches released, which. But they were all singles. These yeah, are all so singles. The, yeah, that's right. Um, but they, they weren't really doing, there was a couple early on, but there wasn't. It wasn't this. Like, this is like a rain of just like 12 inches. <clears throat> yeah, that is very strange. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I think Pegs must have just thought, okay, well, here's a good way. Yeah, I'm sure it was just like a business move, you know? It's just a bit, yeah, well, definitely. But it's a bit strange to be releasing singles after, because all these albums are out already. No, that's, I think that's pretty common practice. Like, you know, generally they'll release um, a single, like, prior to the album mm-hmm. and then... Quite often, like even today, like the, then they'll they'll have a couple of other singles that they release. You know, like Hilltop was latest album they released. What was the first single? I can't even remember. But then, like, oh, it would have it would have been the one with Adrian Eagle. That's a fucking oh uh, Clark yeah Griswold. Clark Griswold. So that was the original one, and then they had like their next single, which is the one that the radio is going to play. Yeah. So they still do that now, but yeah. this was like the. Good way of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess a lot of these would have had, um, well, probably all of them would have had the instrumentals mm. um, and like maybe another secret track or something on them. Yeah. Instrumentals, acapellas. Yeah. Which is so good for um, like if you're, if you're a producer and, you know, you yep. want, you want to, you want like that line. That's how, that's how they did it back then. Yeah, yeah. They Which needed to so get the records. They needed to get the acapellas. Yeah. They had to have duplicates of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So It ain't like today. No. Nah. Where you can just download an MP3. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, you should yeah. never do. Don't no, ever do that. Don't do that. Support no. your locals. Yeah, that's it. So we'll just run them off real quick. Yeah, so do you want to kick it off? Yeah, we've got Pegs back then. 2005 is uh, when it was released. Yep. These are all 2005. Yeah, so this, this is a cool little series. Like, I'd love to have this. Yeah, so we got Pegs back then, the twelve inch. Then Pegs Chechny Gorilla, twelve inch, and like they're all. So imagine the Pegs Axis artwork. This is like a portrait of Pegs with like the blue background. I think the Chechny Gorilla is like another portrait, like in, in a different stance, and it's yep. green. And then the Chechny Gorilla one's another stance, and it's red. Yeah, like, yeah, that'd yep. be a sick little collection to to say you own. Got Muffin Plutonic, heaps good. Yep. Uh. Oh well, that's actually it for the. Is that yeah? That's it for the singles, kind of. Yeah, we got some albums in between. Yeah, yeah, we got Plutonic Lab, Codes Over Colors. Yep, that was another two thousand five. Like man, like yeah, that's something else I, I forgot to mention. Like how we were saying, like how much, like like what this label was doing. Like all this shit was happening in a year, you know? Yeah. Like all these releases in one year, man. Imagine like being part of the scene then like yeah it's crazy this is often like this is from from mr trials for the ladies mm. to plutonic lab codes over colors was all 2005 yeah um that's a lot yeah for a label to do in 
one year. Yeah, crazy. And then another Pluto Lab, The Waiting Midnight, 12-inch. That was 2006. <clears throat> and then was another, I mean, you just got to say, the name Hilltop Hoods and, you know, big things are coming. We mm-hmm. got the Clown Prince, 12-inch, 2006. So that came out, that, yeah, so that was the first single off the hard road, which came out in 2006 also on Obese Records. Yep. Um, man, we should we should say the shit that that album did yeah that was huge that was like that was bigger than the calling yep that was massive um and again like this sort of happened with so much of the hilltop hoods yeah albums every time they would release something it just pushed the scene yeah to just a whole other level yeah every single time uh and that and that single clown prince is uh a recurring joke within our crew Mm -hmm. if we're at the bar yeah. I'm sure it's a recurring joke within yeah. many crews. So it came around yeah. <laughs> if you're hanging at the back of the bar. So yeah, it came out in April 2006. The album achieved gold status on the 8th of April 2006, a week after its release. Wow! And has now surpassed platinum status. It won Triple J J Awards in 2006. Um, five songs from the album uh, placed in the hottest 100. Wow, um, that's big. That's huge. Yeah, you got. Where are we? Yeah, it was a big album. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think they may have won an aria. Yeah, I'm just trying to for that album. Yeah, I should have should have done all this fact checking before. Sorry. Best. Um, it would have been like best urban release. Yeah. Um. Which is. Kind of uh, a strange thing to think about as well, mm. especially nowadays. Yeah. The whole idea of urban music. Yeah. They yeah. put us all under this one banner mm. called urban. Mm. But there are so many different types of hip hop. Yeah. They really got to change that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't a Hoods cast. This is no bass <laughs> cast. <laughs> So, yeah, Hard Road 2006. And then, again, this this man, Reason, Life's a Lesson 12-inch, 2006. This is, so Reason's, if you don't know, he's a teacher as well. Um, and this is, yeah, I guess he's like speaking a bit on being a teacher, still like being a senior. It's funny, like you look at like Reason's stuff on YouTube and stuff and like half the comments are like, Oh shit, my teacher's a boss. Like, oh shit, that's my teacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Seriously, so cool. like every single one <laughs> yeah, so is good. like, oh my God, this is my teacher. Yeah. What is going on here? <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty funny to look at. I kind of wish I went to, I don't know what school he teaches at, but I kind of wish I went to that school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Could have been cool. Yeah. All right. Then we got Jace, aka Shem. Should I even say that? I might cut that. No, I think it's okay. Okay. So he's a crazy... Jace Beatheads. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. a um, producer, graffiti artist, yep. rapper. This album was called uh, Jace Connection. Volume I think, 1. I don't know if there was a volume 2. Maybe I, he anticipated there was and wasn't. I'm not sure. I think it was actually called Jace Connection Beatheads. Mm. And I think that's where the name Jace... 
like beat heads yeah, came from. Yeah. Um, and just speaking on Jace quickly, he's, he's another one of the OGs. Yeah. He, he recently put up on his Instagram over maybe about a week or so, he put up every album that he's been involved with. Oh, shit. Um, all of the covers and what he was involved with on the album. Mm. Some of it was mixing, some of it was cuts, some of it was production, some of it was rapping. Uh, a lot of it was just his stuff. Yeah. Um, he is, yeah, one of the pioneers. Yep. Uh, and he's worked on, I reckon I might be wrong, but it looked like there was about 40 or 50 albums on there. Wow. Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, I've seen a similar post from Plutonic Lab. Yeah. And he's like done like just a photo and it's like tiny little squares of each album that he's been involved with. That is cool. It is fucking crazy. That dude's like the most, I mean, I don't know. He's he's like another like OG, just like the amount of work that that guy's put in for the scene. Yeah. And all the producers back then were actually massive yeah massive. in the same in the same boat really and like really like shaping the sound you know like we we're talking about that pegs era before uh like like we, we yeah we should have been saying like he's been producing these albums and shit um because like that it was defining the sound you know? yeah yeah 100 percent. Yeah. yeah next up we had the funk Oars, the greatest hit 12 inch so that was their single yeah off the, the album, The Greatest Hits. Yeah, which also came out in 2006. And then we had another 12-inch from The Hoods for The Hard Road. So yep. that was, like, was their second single, I guess, off The Hard Road. Mm-hmm. That was 2006. Then we had Muffin Plutonic, Silence the Sirens, 2006. That's a great That's a great one. Yep. And another Hood single off The Hard Road, Hilltop Hoods, What a Great Night, 12-inch, yep. 2006. And then wrapping up, this is sort of the end of OBR001 to OBR050 with Bias B being there, done that. And that came out in 2007. So everything that we've just gone over is... Happened between 2000 and 2006, pretty much. Yeah, basically 2006. But this is all... Um, defining, like, defining stuff in yeah. the scene. Yeah. Um, all of these records, a lot of them I haven't heard uh, and I need to. But yeah. so should everyone. But, yeah, like, that's what we're doing this for, man. We're doing it for us, for you. Like, I know what I'll be doing for, like, the next little while. Months. Like, picking yeah. up, trying <laughs> to pick up all this shit that I've never heard before. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, you know. we we got to spread this stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, another Hoods one here, The Hard Road Restrung. That came out in 2007. So there was only like a year between albums for that. So, so this was this was a cool idea. And I think yeah. I think they brought out, was the Restrung album brought out with the DVD? Um, sort of, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, what was it? So they, they had The Calling Live, which is a DVD, yep. and they had City of Light. I think it was called City of Light Restrung. Yeah. So, yeah, they've got like. Um, like a live show of the Hard Road mm-hmm. Restrung tour with mm-hmm. the Adelaide Symphony Orchestra. Yep. So yeah, if you don't know about the Hard Road Restrung, it's basically an album remixes but restrung because they're all the 
um, production is done with the Adelaide Symphony Orchestra. Yep. Man, and it is so good. Yeah, and they did like a a couple of like, in a couple of the songs they change like the drums a little bit or, yep. you know, yeah, do different cuts and shit. Yeah, it's and really he had cool. um, uh, Roll On Up came out on that one, which, oh, which yeah. wasn't on The Hard Road. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. Extra track you got on it. Now, I think that is on uh, digital now on on like Spotify and, and the likes. Yeah, yeah. So all the Hoods albums from The Calling are on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's like the golden era release of it. Yeah, so yeah. So it's got, I guess it does. Does it have the extra tracks? I don't know. No, yeah, that's what I That's what I mean. Mm. I think they've all got the the secret tracks on them now. Yeah. Um, yeah, roll on up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should have spoke on the secret tracks from like Capricorn Cat. If you listen to Capricorn Cat, yeah. there's a track on that called Super Feeling. Yeah. And after Super Feeling, there's like a big, like three and a half minute, like pause pause of yeah. just nothing yeah and then you get this secret track called yeah. fatter yeah and that was actually one of the songs which was on peg's first ep called pegasus and this fatter, was a big thing featuring reason this was a big thing back mm. back then yeah and not I think, just for hip-hop but for a lot of music people would put secret tracks on records yeah just have a, a big pause of silence mm. and then a new track comes in yeah pretty cool there, yep. like there was another i think there's a, there's a secret track on like the gully platoon album on one of reason's albums yeah um man maybe we should maybe we shouldn't even tell you maybe you should go find these secret tracks oh hell yeah <laughs> go find them it's fun man it's there was fun. one on uh on draft who am i i think yeah pretty sure there was one on that yeah yeah okay all right Moving forward. So, yeah, what do we do? We just wrapped up. So, Very yeah, this, this is going on from OBR051 and onwards. So, we just did, had restrung. Then we got Vents Hard to Kill. So, yeah, this was like this sort of era. Obese was signing, um, yeah, like the Certified Wise Crew yep. sort of artists, Funkles, Vents. Um, Terra Firma was well, maybe not Terra Firma, but yeah, anyway. Um, so yeah, Vents Hard to Kill. That's a dope album. Yeah, I love the um, the, the what's it called? The Suffer um, in the Shadows. Yeah, in the Shadows, featuring Suffer. I think I've definitely heard it, but yeah. I don't. I don't remember it at that's, all. That's my favorite of that album. Yeah, DJ Bones Roll Call. I didn't put the year in that. I think that was two thousand seven. That album was just. For anyone who doesn't know, Bones is a producer. He was a DJ, yep. a scratch DJ. Yep. And um, this album was all production by him featuring a whole bunch of the yeah. obese. Do you mind if I have one of those? Mm-hmm. Thank you. All about Where Fisherman's is, Friends. Yeah, Fisherman's Friends. Rabbit studio. Um, <laughs> quick shout out to Coots, yeah. Fisherman's Friends. Man, that tripped me out when he was telling me in that. I'm like, oh, shit, has he, <laughs> he made an AP for me? <laughs> Fisherman friends, uh, sorry, fisherman's friends are Milky's favorite treat. Yeah. Um, Don't leave home without a packet of friends. <laughs> Always got friends in my pocket. So Bones, uh, yeah, all all the production was by him, and um, it just featured a whole bunch of different rappers. Every song was a new rapper or a group or whatever. From I think a lot of it was from Obese. Yep. Um, 
and again, this was in on that lesson with DJ Sanchez and yep. Morgs. Morgs was talking about some of the cuts that he does mm. on on that album, and speaking on him being able to do the exact same cuts flawlessly live. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I've tried my hand at doing the whole scratch thing, and I'll I tell you what, it takes years yeah. to master that stuff. Oh yeah. Just every day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then we got Pegs, Burn City, 2007. Now after this release, I'm pretty sure Pegs basically announced his retirement from making music. Yep. And like he just wanted to focus on the label and the management. Yeah. yeah. I think he had um I think he wanted to keep making music. But the the label was just getting yeah. too big. Yeah, he needed to just focus on on helping everyone else yeah. release all their music. Yep, which is a massive sacrifice mm. to make. Yeah, much love, pigs. <laughs> but as we as you'll learn, wasn't quite all. Yeah, <laughs> retirement yep. couldn't help himself. But yeah, we'll get there. Next up, we had Chasm, another dope producer uh, with a twelve inch called "Don't Let Your Guard Down." I came out in 2007. Then we had his album, Chasm, Beyond the Beat Tape, 2008. And here's another big one from Draft, Brothers Grimm, another one of those crazy artworks from Dash of SBX. Yeah, and that um, was... 2008, that was a huge album. That, that's what Jimmy Ricard was on. That was produced by Trials? Yeah, some... Uh, I don't know if the whole album was. Um, I think, yeah... I might, I might have to yeah, fact, yeah. fact check that. Yeah, you do that. I'll, I'll keep rolling through. Um, yeah, so that that was huge. Then we had Spit Syndicate, Towards the Light, two thousand and eight. Um, yeah, so like, I and guess, that was their that was their debut mm, album. Yeah, so like, this is sort of, I mean, we're, we're going through like whole different sort of eras of the scene. Mm. And it, like you can sort of you can probably hear as we're going through all these releases how how like the sound is changing you know like going from something like Spit Syndicate and then you know go back like a year or two when you had um like I don't know Downside Muffin um it's just like a it was like a new generation I guess mm. yeah that's sort of what I was trying to get at so. I've I've just found it wasn't exclusively trials. Yep. There were there were a bunch of people on that, but there was actually something interesting from that album, Brothers Grimm. Mm. He had a track on there called Falling. Yep, and that was they. So they released it, and I think there's information on this um, from Disaster on the Lesson. Oh yeah, uh, on his interview, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was that one. Yep. Um, they had to, so they, they released it all on CD and it was everywhere. It was in JB Hi-Fi. Yep. I think back then there was, oh, what was that other, uh, CD store? Sanity? Yeah. Sanity. All, all those places. Mm. And they had to, cause there was a copyright issue on, on the sample oh, yeah. with falling mm. and they had to bring all of the CDs back. I guess reimburse everyone who had them. Maybe try yeah. and like collect them all again <laughs> to 
take the song off and then redo it all. Fuck. Yep. Good and I think maybe maybe they even just changed the sample on it. Yep. So and then re-released it. I'm yep. not sure. I can't I can't remember exactly, but there is a secret song out there somewhere. Yeah. With the original oh, sample. No way. Yep. Yep. There you go. Yeah. So just uh yeah, after Spit Syndicate Towards um, the Light, that was a an amazing album. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah guess, you're right. The era was kind of changing a lot. Because mm, like that's like a, another generation coming through. Yeah. And it was, you know, like it's another th- thing, like Pegs' foresight of finding this local talent saying, yep. Yeah. And signing to, sign him to his label, you know, yeah. like crazy. It's just, it's like A&R yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pegs had the ear for it. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And then we had Muffin Plutonic and then Tomorrow Came. This is the third album from Muffin Pluto that was released in July 2008. Another but, belter. Yeah, it was Triple J's feature. I'm like, a lot of these albums were Triple J feature albums. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was nominated for Best Urban Release of 2008 ARIA Awards. Um, yeah, that was a big one. <clears throat> this is one of your favorites, Reason, The Tides Are Turning. Yeah. I fucking love 2008. Yeah. Uh, and we've spoken on this yeah. before in one of the past episodes about that track yeah. with pressure. Yeah. Well, cloud, cloud surfing. Cloud surfing. Yeah. 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 Check that one out. Fundamentals. <laughs> yeah. So this the was. Fundamentals. Yeah. Another, there. like like we were just saying, another generational thing coming up. Fundamentals yep. out of the Blue Mountains, their original EP called Fundamentals EP. Yep. That was in 2008. And then, man, this dude, Dielectrics. Yep. His debut album, Cycles of Survival. So, yeah, these just like, I, I still to this day, I think he's just one of the most talented MCs in the country. For real. Yeah. He's just. That song, Black and Gold. Level. Yeah. Man. man. Yeah. Next level. Yeah. So he was, but yeah, like it, yeah, it he'd been around. He, he's part of the Down Under Beats crew with Joe New um, and a couple other dudes. I can't remember that. I can't remember the names off the top of my head right now. Down Under Beats. Yeah, Down Under Beats crew. Was yeah. um, DJ Platypush and Codex? Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. From Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all Sydney yeah, Sydney crew. It. Blue Mountains specific. Blue Mountains, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I think I remember talking to um, Frank at Obese at the time. I'm like, man, how's like... These like fundamentals and dielectrics all out of the Blue Mountains. He's like, yeah, there must be something in the water up there. <laughs> yeah, and it's um sort of resurfacing now. Yeah. They must have started putting whatever was in the water back into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With like the uh, who knows crew and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no shit. Anyway, another, yeah, it's uh, another for another time for <laughs> sure. But shout out to those guys. Fucking yeah. Big love. Yeah, 100%. All right. Scripture. Left, Left to, to right. right. 2009. Another one of those play on words. Yeah. Spelt W-R-I-T-E. Yeah. That's cool. It's amazing. Yeah. Love that shit. And we got the Coalition Crew, Known Unknowns, 2009. There's a dope track on that called Vultures. I can't remember. It's featuring, I don't know if it's Dantes and Culprit of Kings Connected or, or one of them. Yep. But yeah, that's sick. And yeah, this is uh, another sort of. One of the big ones. Yeah, I guess. Like, Pegs found this dude called Illy. Represent yep. the Frankston line and said, hey, man, you 
you're doing all right. I double L Y. Yeah. Yep. Um, long story short, that came out in 2009, and yeah, that was that was a big album. Like, and obviously, the dude's huge now. Um, but yeah, pretty cool. Like, like I said, the foresight of Pegs finding the this sort of talent, and like, and look what he's done for him. You yeah, know, he's like literally one of the biggest musicians in Australia. Yeah, for real. Not exactly doing that traditional hip hop anymore, but. Mm. Is what it is. It's what people do. It's the path they follow. It's their musical journey. True can't, that. Can't speak on that. Then we had another one from Hijack and Torture featuring Mules called Unforgettable. Yep. That was out in 2009. And yeah, now we're back to what we were saying before how, and like, remember, I remember reading um, about Peg's retirement and oh, man, I was just like, no, you can't stop making music. And then I was like, always on the obese blog, seeing what was going on. Yep. And I saw they were announcing Gully Platoon. GP. Yeah, so that, that was a little crew consist, consisting of Pegs, Dielectrics, and Joe New. Yep. So Dielectrics and Joe New, both members of the Down Under Beats crew, uh, and also with cuts from DJ Tubuck. Yep. Yeah, man, I remember that getting announced, and I was like, I was like on the landline calling Logan. Yeah. <laughs> and his mum asked, like, I need to speak to Logan. I'm like, all right. Like, dude, Peg is back. He's coming back. <laughs> and yeah, so that, that album was uh, fucking unbelievable. Yeah, the Great so, Divide. Yeah, it's so Holy good. shit. Yeah, and there's a secret track on that. So you can go find that one. Um, Dan Thundermentals debut album, Sleeping on Your Style, 2009. And this is one that I remember mm. very vividly. Yeah. Um, fuck, what was that song called? Oh, I can't remember. Move it up, maybe. Nah, it wasn't Move It Up. It was uh, uh, Thunder, T-H-U-N-D-A. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was that on that or was that on? Maybe. That might have been on there. Maybe it was on another one. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. That, Either that way. Was, that that album great did album. really well. Yep. Yeah. I remember I, I remember just like flicking through the CDs at Obese and I saw that and like just the artwork I found really cool with like the spaceship and like the little kid just like looking up at the sky. That So, so much like dope artwork and all this on all these releases. Yeah. Um, we got Chasm and Vita Sunshine, 2009. And then M Phasers, Good Gracious, Ooh. 2010. That was, uh, yeah, so M Phasers is another one of those producers mm. who was doing uh, those kind of albums back then, same yep. as like, yeah, The Bones and the mm. Plutonic Lab. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. So this is like a another compilation of some of the best MCs across Australia. M yep. Phasers produced the whole thing and. Yeah, there's some classics in there. Then, yeah, uh, we've got Mantra, Power of the Spoken, 2010. Like, yeah, I remember like the like Mantra getting signed, like as a roster artist. And like, oh, who's this guy? I think he was, um, I think it was Ilzilla or something. Was like the was like who was sort of involved with. I'm not oh. sure. I could oh. I could get a fucking schooling on Mantra bad. No, it wasn't. Equils. Equils. So that was Mantra and this other MC called Whisper. And Whisper was um was working behind the counter at Obese when I was sort of rolling through quite a bit. I got to know him a bit. Yeah. Um yeah, so he sort of told me how like, yeah, mantras come from this. So I've actually I've got the that Equils, one of the Equils albums. I don't know how many they did, but Mantra's on that. It's pretty sweet. Um then we've got Spit Syndicate with Exile in 2010. 
Yeah, another that was another big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all all this stuff going on here, like like we said, like it's getting it's getting a lot of radio play. Um, yeah, this is kind of the stuff that I first yeah heard when I came into yeah Australian hip hop. Yeah, and like this is I guess it's sort of a time for us, like being teenagers, like all it was being released, and like we were listening to it like as it was coming out. Like that that was a I don't know. I guess it was a pretty cool thing to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to find no, you're right. the uh, members of Down Under Beats crew. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> All right. Next we got Scripture with the numbers. So that was his debut album that came out in 2010. Dielectrics, Cycles of Survival, 2010. Uh, Illy's follow-up, The Chase, 2011. And then, so then we got Simplex. So Simplex is an MC uh, from out of Terra Firma, from yep. Adelaide, part of the Certified Wise crew. So he's like, yeah, another like sort of old head that, yes, came back with a bit of a solo yep. thing going on. Uh, that's that's a sick album. Yeah, <laughs> Peg's coming out of retirement again with drama. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so did he go back into retirement after I think GP? So. I mean, yeah, kind of like, like officially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, so drama came out, um, and then it was like, all right, now I'm really done. Yeah, <laughs> and then like even after then, before, well, it, we can probably speak on that because that wasn't released through Obese because he's got Equilibrium out now. But like even between like Peg's drama. And equilibrium, that like he dropped a couple of tracks here and there, yeah, to just sort of keep him a bit of a buzz alive. And yeah. like he was still on a bunch of features and stuff on yeah. some of the releases that yeah. were coming out. Yep. yep, yep, yep. And then this one is called Phase One. So this is M Phases, um, and the album was called Phase One. So it was M Phases and a rapper from Rochester, New York, called Emilio Rogers. And, yeah, it was a pretty cool concept. Like, the whole record was completed before either artist had even met each other. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Mm. So, this is... When did YouTube come out? 2006 or something? Yeah. So, this is very internet. This yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely before streaming and stuff, but this yeah. is like, like, there were so many avenues that you could take mm. now mm. at this time yeah and m phases was was one of those guys that just wanted to see how far he could take yeah it. and yeah. he did man like he like he's collabed with so many international artists yep um yeah and we get to an album all about that a bit later so um, this one that one though phase one also features pharaoh monk pharaoh monch Yep. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> My God. Jean Grey. Yeah. So I think that they were, I think they were under like Monichi Chi or something. Oh, no, Farrah Munch and Jean Grey went under like this name. So Farrah Munch is like an OG from the States. Um, and Jean Grey is like a, probably one of my favorite female rappers. Mm. Um, and also Illy was on there. Yeah. A few other people. Are, um, yeah. I didn't sort of put the whole track list down here. But Man, yeah. I always thought it was pronounced Farrah Monk. I'm such a tripper. Yeah, I've always gone by Pheromons, so I don't know. I, 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 I trust you over me <laughs> any day for sure. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Fundamentals for Evolution 2011. 
shit. Fundamentals are just dropping. Yeah. Like. Yeah, they just. They, yeah. Another one that just like blew up. Yeah. Mantra, Power of the Spoken, 2011. And going back to the the pioneer reason, he dropped Window of Time in 2012. I was just listening to that yesterday. That's, yeah, it's just like a, like a, just, well, it, I mean, it is what it says in the title. It's just like a, a real tribute to all those years that he's put in to yep. the scene. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Um, Then we got Chasm. This is how we never die, 2012. Again, one of those producer albums. Yep, yep. Trying to build for you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Scripture, Mindful, 2012. We had, oh, this one's huge. Yeah. Obesity Two. Yeah. In 2012, and now this one was ten years after yep. it was to celebrate the ten year anniversary yeah, of Obesity yeah. One. Yeah. Um, and they had, they had a lot of artists from Obesity One. Yep. But they also featured uh, a lot of new artists. Yeah. yeah. There was, I think, Matter of Must may have been. I know that they were yeah. definitely like involved around that time. Mm. I'm not sure if they were actually on Obesity Two. Yeah, I can't remember. Now. Um, but they've got like Down Pat. Yep. From Raw Authentic. Yeah. The, yep. Like a whole bunch of. Local, and this is sort of coming into again, like another era of of people coming up, mm. like down pat, yeah, and matter of mask, yep. and yeah, all of sure. all of that, like yep. the pang crew and the mm-hmm. authentic crew and stuff yep. were coming up at that time, yeah. And it was, yeah, again, just another another era coming yeah. in, yeah, that's it. Then yeah, we got so that was, yeah, that was huge, yeah, me. yeah, that one was fucking massive, mm. and there's um. Like videos and stuff on Obesity too on the Obese TV on YouTube. You can uh, look that up. There's there's like some interviews with yep. some of the artists. Yep. Yeah, they did. Yeah, all about like the album. Yeah. Um, and like the whole concept behind it and everything. Yeah. Two two CDs. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Then we had Illy bring it back 2012. Yep. Another massive one. Yep. Spit Syndicate's Sunday Gentleman yep. in 2013, which was huge. That one, that one really put Spit on the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the whole One Day Crew, yeah, One Day Enterprises, and all that. Yeah, ODE. Yeah, yeah. this so, one I don't know much about. Chasm's EP yeah, series Volume yeah. One. So they these are all on digital. So yeah, we should check all this shit out. So yeah, Chasm did a. We're gonna go through them four volumes of this EP series. This The first one was called Diamond Cuts um, and featured Rachel Berry and Scripture. And it came out in 2013. It was a digital-only release. So, yeah, I guess this is probably, I mean, yeah, I guess after, like, Obesity 2 was sort of when the real digital sort of... Era started coming mm-hmm. in and stuff. Well, I know and, that, and, um, like, streaming first started in the early 2000s all right and warner and sony and and all the big labels mm-hmm. freaked out and tried to sue them <laughs> um because they thought that they couldn't they thought that they would just be losing money yeah uh and then it sort of nothing really happened up until about kind of around 2013 mm-hmm. um definitely more in the in the recent years in the past like maybe 
four years, I would yep. say. But yeah, it, it was very digital mm. back in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. I think with things more like maybe this was released on Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, those sorts of probably YouTube. Yeah. That kind of digital. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and also like uh, downloading the album digitally for iTunes. I think people yeah. would have been using iTunes a yeah, lot back yeah, then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was something I never did. I couldn't, I just couldn't justify like paying money for like just digital songs, like where I can just like go and buy a CD. Yeah, yeah. Like have it. Yeah. Um, but now, like nowadays, you sort of have to, like a lot of artists will just release their music digitally, but you buy it on Bandcamp. I'm all for that. And I, I do that all the time. Yeah. Um, because like I want to hear the music. And if yeah. that's the only way I can hear it, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then this was a fucking dope album, Dielectrics, The Cold Light of Day. This, I'm pretty sure Plutonic Lab produced this whole album. Yeah. And he was saying like, like because dielectrics is just like a such a crazy wordsmith. It was like, I think it was a bit of a challenge for him, but like he he just loved it, man. Like so he, good. He's just such a crazy MC. He was saying in that Obese TV video, um, he wrote pretty much all of the songs sitting in one of the chairs in the studio <laughs> while Pluto was like producing. Yeah. So sick. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much getting to the end of like the whole obese discography. Um, like that was probably the last, like, I don't know. Well, I, this is probably not the right choice of words, but like the last like real sort of album. You know, like after that, we'll, we'll roll through them. We got Cat, another one of the Chasm EP series, Volume Two, Smoking Aces with Monchichi. Um, that came out in 2013. That was another digital only release. Yep. The next one we've got is M Phases The Works. That came out in 2013. Yeah. So that album's basically, like we were saying earlier, how he's worked with a lot of international artists. This mm. album was basically a compilation of all those songs that he made mm. with those international artists, put them all together. Um, then we had a Spit Syndicate Sunday Gentleman Deluxe Edition. That was another digital only one. Yeah. The third volume from Chasm's EP series, uh, Day Turns to Night with Jane Terrell, Daniel Mis- Misford, and Momo of Diafricks. Diafricks. Another digital only one. And Fundamentals, so we can remember. Wow, that was 2014. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This was like, I don't know. I mean, I guess Fundamentals were probably, they'd really broken through the, I guess, from the hip-hop world and they were gaining like massive nationwide yep. Yep. Um, so, uh, sort of audience. Probably, I'm not going to say moving away from, well, I guess they are sort of moving away from the traditional hip-hop sound and just doing their own thing and, you know, for, for I guess catering for that larger audience yeah nationwide yeah they created i think oh no it wasn't so so we can oh no i think it actually was mm. so we can remember um featured a lot of production from poncho was oh, that yeah. was yeah. that that album yeah i think it was. was the one yeah. after that no, th- no it was i think it was i think it was yeah. so we can remember yeah um so it was both morgues and poncho yeah and poncho yeah like you said mm. it's it definitely caters more towards yeah larger audience yeah yeah and then wrapping it up we got the final edition from chasm's ep series night vision with black twang 
2014, and that was catalog number OBR094. I think that's it. That's it? Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's so. a lot, though. Almost <laughs> yeah. almost 100 releases mm-hmm. in... Yeah, so... From, how long? From 2000 to... 2014. 14 years, yeah. 14 years. 100 releases, you know, like divide that up. You're getting like like close to 10 releases a year. Wow. Pretty crazy shit. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm. Um, Yeah, and through through all of this, Hilltop had yeah. left. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of artists had left. Um, And I guess that was making OB slow down in a way. You know, you had... Pegs had founded and nurtured these artists mm. and then they'd left like um, like Draft left and sort of made, sort of doing his own label independently. The AMs. Yep. Yeah. Hoods left, started Golden Era. Yeah. Ely left and, you know, went mainstream. Um, yeah. Even like. A, a lot of, I guess a lot of the earlier artists sort of just weren't making music anymore. Yeah. Even like, yeah, Plutonic Lab. He's just got his, got his studio. Fucking M Phases yeah. has his studio. Yep. All these producers are yeah. just like doing their doing yeah. their own thing. Um, what year was it that Hilltop left and so started they, Golden Era? Yeah, they left after the Hard Road Restrung. So yeah, they must have had a, like a three album contract with Obese. Yep. And yeah, whenever State of the Art came out, must have been. Oh man, I can't remember the year now. But yeah, that, the that hard was road restrung was two thousand seven. Yeah, so. but I feel like it was later that they actually left and started Golden Era. Yeah, well, I, I think it was more they, like I said, their contract ran out. Yeah, they decided not to sign again. Yeah, and they then yeah did their own thing. Yeah, it was fair enough. And like Old Near has been another like massive label. Yeah, yeah, like 100%. moving on from Obese and a lot of. Uh, those old um, certified wise crew artists assigned to Golden Era and Vents, releasing music on Briggs, that. Briggs, Funkors. Well, that Vents is a bit of a touchy topic. At the maybe, moment. yeah, maybe we can't. Yeah, yeah not, we're not going to speak on that, but I don't think Vents <laughs> is really involved. This is, no, but at that time. Yeah, yeah When they yeah, started yeah. So Golden yeah, Era. Vents, all, Vents was there. Yeah, uh, yeah Funkors. Um, they've even got those like Purpose on there now, K21. Uh, yeah, and just recently signed shadow yeah yep but this is all just so everyone knows we've got a plan to do this this episode is just obese yep because um they were they were such a big part of the scene but we do have a plan uh in in the future episodes to do uh sort of a more broad history on australian hip-hop yeah the whole evolution so we can from the start we can get into all of that stuff in the in the later episodes. Yeah, we will. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's wrapped up the discography, but we've still got plenty more to talk about. So if you're still here, then you're doing well. Yep. <laughs> um, we just I just wanted to talk a bit about obese block parties. Um, I'm pretty sure I, I couldn't find a heap of information on, about them. I think it's one of those things where, like, you had to be there. Yep. But they, they were basically like these, I think they were doing them sort of annually from about 2005 to 2010. Yeah. And they were just like the hip hop 
night of all hip hop nights in yep. Melbourne. Uh, pretty sure they're at the Palace Theatre in Melbourne. Um, and, and they what just had like a just, whole bunch of yeah, the artists, like just crazy lineups. Yeah, like yeah. Pegs, Muffin Boot, Tonic, um, uh, Scripture, DJ Bones, probably doing like live graffiti. And yeah, stuff I as mean well. all sorts. I, like I said, I, I think you had to be there. I mean, like I they were, and I. I like I said, I was always on the obese blog, seeing what's going on, and I'd see him advertised. But I was like, you know, 13, 14, 15, mm, mm. and underage, and he couldn't go. And I was like, man, can't wait till I'm 18. I'm going to go to obese blog parties. But then they weren't really a thing anymore. Sort yeah. of similar to uh, the One Day Sundays. Yeah. A little bit. One Day Sundays is a little bit different. It is a bit. Like, I, I think block party was like a once a year big. Yeah. Thing, whereas one day is like monthly. Yeah, it's monthly. Yeah, in different states. But yeah, I mean, a similar sort of concept of yeah. a big sort of hip hop showcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, we mentioned obese distribution before. So as you know, being label, yeah, for their in-house roster artists, they were also supporting. Like labels all over Australia, yeah, doing distribution for yeah. different la- like probably um, would have been pressing and yep. distributing yeah. albums yep. for pretty much everyone. Yeah, in so it, it encompassed like over a hundred of like the best artists all over Australia. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll go through some of the labels. Yeah, that they supported. Yeah, so the AMs, which is uh, Draft and. I actually didn't know this. Yeah, Emperor so Jones. Emperor Jones' album, Black and White Noise, that yep. was released on that. Yep. Yep. But I think it's Draft was the one that set up the album. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Draft did, yep. definitely. Yep. 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 Born Fresh. Yep. So that was like Tommy Ilfiger or Tom Thumb, um, Mr. Hill and Raj Conkers. Raj Conkers. <laughs> mm. Broken Tooth Entertainment. BTE. big one. Yeah. It's like Taunts, Hospice, Bigfoot, yep. those sort of guys. Yeah. Crate Cartel, which is another big one. Yeah, huge. That's like that's like the most hard. I see them as like the hardest working crew in Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, at that time, like you got others now. Um, yeah, yeah. But like still, like they're just holding it down. Morns, Gecko, Discourse, Raven, Flu, Fluent Form. Yeah, so, and, and, you know, more. We're, we're only late. Yeah. Naming a few here. I think, I think Gecko was the one that, by the way, who is also known as Phil Gector. Um, I think he was the one that started Craig Cartel. Yeah, I'm not sure about the origin of it. I know Discourse is like the label head now. Discourse is running it now. Yeah, yeah. But, but Gecko was the one that started it. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um, then we got Fat Beats. I couldn't find a whole lot of info on Fat Beats. There was this label out of LA which has got like Black Milk on it. Um, but I don't know if that's it. So a bit of a grey area. But yeah, sort of. I was just sort of trying to find some labels that they support and they mentioned Fat Beats, but yeah, that's it. And you got Cars Neogenics, which is Jake Biz, Lazy Grey, like the whole 750 Rebels, Enterprise, um, Brother Stoney. Fucking legends, yes. those guys. Oh, yeah. Absolute legends. Yeah. And like this, I mean, I guess we've, we've been talking a lot on the legends and pioneers of the Melbourne scene, yep. um, which is still equal like nationally for hip-hop nationally yeah um and equally like these dudes like lazy gray is like 
like another one of those kings like yeah that just it wouldn't be a scene without him absolutely I know what he's done absolutely yeah so that, that that's sort of um i guess the, the brisbane scene cars neogenics mm-hmm. we've got look up uh, another one i couldn't really find any information on but it was just another one of those labels that they listed uh my spherical so that's run by slap 618 who, yeah, he was the retail manager at Obese for about 10 years and now... Obese um, Paran. Obese Paran, yeah, that's yeah. it. Four A's at Street. Um, yeah, now he's running Union Heights, which is sort of your, your new one-stop hip-hop shop in that, yeah, south of the Yarra area there in Windsor. I, think. Oh, I can't remember the address. On, it's on Chapel Street. So, yeah, and they do like artist management uh, and la- and a label. Um, Ellicor's released music through My Spherical. Yeah. And Elicor is now doing music with uh, Cerberus. Oh, no shit. Three? Is that Elicor? I don't know. Yeah. Shem, sure. Elicor, um, and um, I'm going to have to fact check Yeah, we'll, we'll check that out. Uh, and then we had Nuff Said, Nuff Said Records, which is, like we were saying earlier, yeah. pretty sure they might have been the first yeah. label. Yeah. Um, they started in 1993. Yeah. Featured artists, um, Art of War, Prowler, Delta. Um, there were, there were a whole bunch yeah, there's of people who, that. who did music through Nuff Set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, were, they were massive. Yeah. Huge. Like for that, for that underground scene. Yeah. Um, Plethora Records. So that was like a subsidiary of Obese focusing on soul music uh, yeah, it was think, like r&b it was like the r&b soul yeah, version of yeah. obese records and it uh, we're gonna speak a bit more on it but there's not there, so jess harlan released a couple of albums on it um yeah. but i think that was about it yeah it I was think probably that was pretty getting much it. towards the stage of obese wrapping up when did plethora uh start when i think did, it was around 2012 yeah okay 13, sure um yeah so i think yeah anyway we'll get there yeah um where we at? You know, you know who, who records? Yeah. That's like Dialect and Despair. So they released um, Dialect and Despair's albums, Vortex and Self Evident. Yeah. Released through You Know Who. And then Word Burner Entertainment. So that's by Spees. So yeah, yeah. that's, um, and I'm sure there's more. Um, this is just the information that we could find. Um, but yeah, like we said, they distributed for artists all over Australia. Yeah, well, um, like like we found before, I mean, even Syllabolics, yep, crossbred mongrels, yep, stuff like, yeah. yeah, it's all over the all over. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about like the early distribution, but um, definitely the later ones. If you look on the back of your CD, it'll say it'll have the Obese Records logo and it'll say Obese Records distribution. Yeah, so that's how you know. So, moving on from that, I think it was around yeah, two thousand thirteen. Yep. When they started slowing down, kind of. Mm. I mean, there was another thing that we missed there as well. Yeah. The whole cursor. Yeah, I did. I've got a bit here. Um, in two thousand thirteen, Records signed Cursor, um, his first management contract with MC Cursor. At that point, having divisions for his sales, publicity, marketing accounts, and A and R. Yep. Um, yeah, but it, it was a. I I don't know. I'm not an expert on it. I it didn't actually list him as a roster artist on the website, right? So I'm not sure whether 
it was just like a distro thing or what. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure either. Yeah. Um, it seemed from what I could find, it seemed like Cursor was sort of the, uh, like had kind of the biggest contract with yeah. Obese Records. Yeah. But we've been discussing this, you and me, back and forth for mm. days and we still can't find out. So yeah. whoever knows, yeah. I'm sure there's someone out there yeah. listening who knows a lot about Cursor and mm. his history and stuff. Yeah. But around that time, 2013, yep. there was an expansion mm-hmm. of Obese Records yep. um, and they they opened another store in Frankston. Yep. So they had, um, yeah, the Paran store which yep. uh, Slap618 managed. Yep. He managed that the the actual store. Yep. It was called uh, Obese Retail, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I and mean, then they opened sick. another Obese Retail, and it, and it featured, like, they had clothing, yep. records, CDs, Paint. graph supplies, yep. well, art supplies. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I, 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 this is sort of just something I, I read. After years of demographic observation, Pegs noticed the need for a store in the Frankston area because, yeah, there's like a, a hell of a lot of hip-hop enthusiasts in that Bayside region. Yeah. So I guess it's just another business venture for the man. Yeah, and just opened another uh, second store. So relevant. Um, it was at 6 Wells Street in Frankston. In Frankston. Yep. Uh, yeah, and it was managed by Fluent Form of crate cartel yep um what a legend yeah what an absolute legend yeah he's awesome i remember he was even working behind the counter at um paran yeah yeah for a while yeah him there yeah so he got a little promotion yeah (laughs) pretty cool (laughs) moved to frankston yeah unfortunately with the sort of slowing down of obese records yeah i think releasing stuff i I think it was a combination of things like just the slowing down of music Sales in general, in general, yeah, it was going a lot more digital, yeah, yeah. It, I don't know how well it did, but I believe it did actually close before the actual closing of the label and original store. I mean, it's hard to even say that the label is technically closed now, considering they still have like a website, a domain, and stuff. Yeah, who knows? Like, I mean, yeah, it definitely is. They're not running anymore, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then uh, from another big point was they moved, like the original store in Paran. They moved from Four Hazard Street, where it was from 1995, to 211 Commercial Road, South Yarra. How far was that? Uh, it's, it wasn't a big move. No, nah, it was like a couple minute walk. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So they were at Is It Street for 15 years. So that's till 95 was when OB's. Was there? Yep. So 2010. Yeah. I feel like it was. I feel like it was earlier. No, I feel like the move was later than 2010. But really? Yeah. Yeah. Someone school us yeah. again. Oh, yeah. I was trying to, I don't know. Like I was just looking at all the, the moving um, information and that was like the key point after 15 years at Is It Street. Yep. There but, you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure exactly why the move. I mean, I guess it. Like the new store was awesome. Like it was bigger. Um, I think there was an office upstairs where yep. they were doing the admin side of stuff. Yep. 
Whereas before, I don't know where the office was. It might have been at a different site. Uh, yeah, I'm not Maybe too just sure. So like, I, I get, or something. yeah, I guess they could. <laughs> I guess they could. Um, you know, have everything in the one. Yeah, the one address. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the old store was just one room, whereas the new one had two. So you had like the front of the store with all the clothing, apparel, the uh, art paint, supplies and, and stuff. Yeah, all the yeah. art supplies and uh, the counter and all that. And then the back room was just, um, yeah, the music records and CDs. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so it was like double the size, which is awesome. So they, um, yeah, it was like a welcome change to fit fit more product. Yeah. Um, I personally still commuted the same way, catching the train into Paran and walking past the old stool. Yeah. Just just for nostalgia. Yeah, have a little shout out. I think they they had um, their sign. I think you were telling me they had their sign out the back of the old store for ages. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a. Just sitting in the yeah, car park. Yeah, there was like a massive sign out the back I don't know, it's probably still there maybe it is check it out yeah i think it's i think there's like revolver drums there now it's like a drum shop that is it for a is it street yeah right yeah um where we at uh yeah i guess that's it on the on the so yeah on the, on the move stuff. yeah <laughs> um another big point here zenith records this might be something that people don't know about so Pegs bought Zenith Records in the mid two thousands, which is a vinyl pressing plant. Yep, um, which is it's been operating for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, like, well, definitely, I would say the biggest yep. vinyl pressing plant still. Yeah, today. Yep, you see a lot of people, uh, just music full stop in Australia. Um, a lot of it will be pressed at at Zenith. So, shout out Zenith. Yeah, yeah. For, for holding it down. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Incredible foresight on Peg's behalf for taking something like that on. Hell yeah. You know, like he's obviously got this booming label. Yep. And to say he's had all this shit pressed. It could have gone very wrong. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, I don't know how financially or whatever, I don't know how successful, successful it was. It, it, he, it was sold again in 2007. Yep. So, but you know, but that that was sort of again that was sort of the era where vinyl was becoming much yeah. much less. Yeah, CD yeah. and digital yeah. was coming up. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Um, yeah. Supposedly it was only one of only two plants in Australia. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think there's a couple now. Well, um, yeah, I know that there are other places to. Um, to purchase, yep, via, like to do to do stock and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. Maybe they all do run through the same plant. Yeah, through yeah. Zenith. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not actually too sure. Um, yeah. but there's a bunch out there. So yeah, but they're still going today. Zenith Records. Yeah, and, and it is an independent record label label itself. And yeah, man, just those classics would have been printed there. Yeah, just pretty cool to think about. Yeah, straight up. There's a there's a mad art to pressing vinyl yeah cutting it all and oh, stuff yeah. um it's, it's such a crazy thing to think about i know you, know, you just got like grooves in a bit of plastic and i know needle drags through it and makes me yeah yeah it's it's crazy yeah. like if you if you haven't seen a like a like a wax under a microscope it's like pretty cool yeah <laughs> yeah and you can actually uh i know it i think it was at zenith you can because i'm looking into doing bibliography mm. getting that pressed 
you can actually put in in the spaces between the songs mm. you can put in notes and stuff huh. where they'll like write like a little like shout outs what like i love you all or Man, something that's awesome yeah you can only do a certain amount of characters but <sighs> they actually like cut them into every single vinyl oh i'm gonna look through all my records i know now. <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to put a microscope down yeah, on all of them that's yeah. sick yep <laughs> We spoke a bit on Plethora Records before. Yeah, it was like a sub-label of a base specializing in um, like, yeah, like R&B sort of stuff. Mm. I think it was just Jess Harlan and her two albums. That's all I could find on yeah, it as well, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it, again, it was probably, I guess it was probably a bit of a confusing time. They were slowing down but also trying to not slow down. Yep. And... They were doing everything they could. Well, see, this was like Plethora was um, created at the same time as opening the Frankston store. Yep. Or, you know, around the same yeah, time. Yeah. It was a big expansion yeah, for like that, OBs. Yeah, like the Frankston store, um, curses, signing. Yep. It was all that sort of time frame. Yeah. But it was also that sort of time frame where those big artists that Pegs had built were leaving. Yeah, it sort of felt like it could go one of two ways and instead of just packing it all up then and there, Mm. um, he, Pegs, just wanted to see it keep going and thriving. So did the expansion to see what what could happen. But, yeah, unfortunately, Plethora Records never really Mm. um, shot off in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just wanted to speak a little bit on April 77 Creative. Um, I'm not sure what this is. Yeah, so it's a graphic designer, uh, like, company out of Sydney. Yep. Um, and I think he's the CEO or founder, Ben Funnel. Yep. He's, a, like, a, he's just been a massive hip-hop fan since the late 80s. And so, yeah, really gravitated towards designing um, artwork for the scene. Yep. Um, so I think the way... They sort of operate now is it's like sort of 50% corporate design and then 50% music. Yep. So if you have a look on the on their website, which I recommend doing, uh, and you'll see like a lot of albums, um, yeah, from all over the Australian hip-hop scene that they've designed. Um, yeah, I, I won't bother naming um, specific albums, but basically all the obese artists from uh, I think they – established around 2002 but it mightn't have been until a bit later till they were designing for them um yeah so they did heaps of artwork for obese for a very long time and for australian hip-hop nationally um, so it was yeah it was basically at that time um mainly hip-hop that they were doing right mm. like they i'm not sure if they ever really got into I, I do remember what you're talking about now. Mm. April '77. I have seen. Yeah, and like it, their like their logo is like a like a square on its like a diamond with like a diamond inside or something. So if you look on the back of like a, a lot of obese releases, you'll see that. Yeah, and you'll see designed by April '77. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so they were just doing basically mainly hip hop mm, back then. Yeah, they do do other genres as well. Um, yeah, but a, a big majority was hip hop. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they've also designed for Golden Era, Uncut Recordings, to name a couple. Um, but yeah, I just want to give them a, a bit of a shout out because that was like, like, like I was saying, going through that discography, there's so many um, like classic artwork 
books in there, like just really cool stuff. Yeah. That just like really grabs my attention. Yeah. And yeah, they're the people responsible for it. Um, yeah, I remember they, they had a little segment on them on the first episode of Obese TV. Yeah. Which I don't think I actually put too much information Yeah, I didn't in. do much. I didn't write anything about Obese TV, but that was I, I, still around that time of like Obese City 2 coming out. Yeah. Um, the expansion of Frankston. Yeah. Um, Obese TV. So that, there was a lot of things going on that they were sort of really trying to build. Well, that year, that year was massive in terms of releases yeah. as well. So they were featuring a lot. Of, it was over the summer. They were featuring a lot of um, albums that were in the works that were like coming out very, very soon. Yep. Each episode they yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And they were interviewing artists from all over the country. Yeah. Uh, I was watching, yeah, I was watching the first episode and I, I saw myself in the store. I think, <laughs> I think Spit Syndicate was like doing a in-store there and I was like, yeah, bop my head in the background. Shout out to Milky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> long-haired goon standing there looking like a dickhead. So, yeah, you can just find that on the um, Obese Records YouTube, YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, check it all out. I mean, it's 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 cool stuff. And, and it's it's not so nice to see it is all still up there for yeah. people to see because it, it's regardless of it's whether it's still going or not now, what they did and what they built is still out there for yeah. people to learn and appreciate. Yeah, and still very, very important yeah. for people to learn and appreciate. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, getting to a bit of a pointy end of this whole episode. It's getting a bit sad, but ultimately, yeah, OB's closed down. So tell me this. In your opinion, what was worse? Hilltop leaving and starting Golden Era or OB's closing down? Um, Probably OB's closing down. Like... Hilltop Hoods, for what it's worth, like starting Golden Era, like that's another massive thing for the scene. Yeah. Like that's, and what they've done is another incredible thing all, all on its own. Yeah. And also um, just like the size of them, like, you know, they're an industry in themselves, Hilltop Hoods. Yeah. Um, so I guess doing their own thing has just opened up a whole a whole lot for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so sort of like in your opinion... Uh, it was devastating that they left yeah. obese, but at least they were yeah. continuing. It's not a like legacy. Yeah, it's not like they were leaving and selling out to a major label and yeah. making pop music. You know, yeah. they, they were still true. And from all accounts that I've ever heard, everyone says obese. Ah, sorry, Hilltop Hoods are as true to the art and yeah. scene as they were in, from day dot. Yeah, and you know that that's so. Yeah, like they're just so humble to still have that outlook mm. and um yeah just sort of just still be so true to the scene and the culture true that yeah so yeah I closed on the 7th of may 2016 so what's that 21 years 21 years mm-hmm. um yeah so a lot of artists were leaving over the years like we mentioned releases were slowing down and also, I think the scene was changing a lot. Yeah, it was. The, the digital era coming up, there yep. was suddenly every second bloke's a rapper. Yep. Um, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of these rappers that don't appreciate where 
the scenes come from. Yeah. They had no aspiration to see where it's come from. They're, you know, making music that is hardly defined as hip hop. Like, I, I don't know. I, and this is all, this is all just solely my opinion. Yeah, of course. But I mean, if I, if I was like in charge of a legacy of like obese records and I saw shit like that, like, that'd really like <laughs> piss me off, I guess. Yeah. Saying yeah. that sort of shit. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, this, but it's also got, um, I feel like a lot of it has to do with sort of maybe some of the radio station, like the more commercial yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. Um, and also just like society becoming very like politically correct mm-hmm. when hip hop really started like popping off in all over the world. Um, it didn't take long for, for everyone to start liking it, yep. but then not necessarily liking what people were saying. Mm. So then people had to change what they were saying yep. to, to continue hip hop. Yeah. 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 And Pegs had basically invested his whole life in into obese records. And yeah. uh I think I don't yeah, I think I just heard this from someone talking there that he yeah, just needed a break. He just wanted wanted out. Yep. Um and yeah, I've got a good quote here from when Pegs announced it. He wrote this on Facebook. I'm so thankful for the times we shared. We ruled the country for a beautiful moment. The little record store that launched Australian hip-hop to the masses. Thank you for your amazing support and contribution over her 21 years. So that's... It gave me shivers. Pretty, pretty touching, <laughs> I know. I'm almost tearing up reading yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And like I literally did like, when I heard they were closing down, man. Because like it's just such a big part of my hip-hop journey, I guess. Yeah. And just to think that I can't go there and buy my music anymore Mm. like that just yeah just broke me but man like what a legacy it's left behind 100% without made history for sure I mean gonna be there forever you just go through that discography and think what if obese records wasn't there sure these people would have made music but I mean who would have been backing them and that sort of thing 100% it just like it just would not be what it is today yeah and like I don't know what it'd be like but Man, it's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought we'd just mention some of the roster artists that remained as labels closing and um, some of them were there for like the whole duration of the label. Yeah. Like Pegs, Plutonic Lab, Dielectrics, Chasm, Simplex, Jace, Reason. So Reason's like... He was there, you know, OBR 001 yep. to their closing down in 2016. May, may have even been there before yeah. Pegs. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like we were yeah. saying before. Yep, yep, absolutely. I remember when on that last day, and I did go for the last day and I bumped into Pegs and I'd only met him a couple of times, <laughs> just like taking it back a bit. When I used to go, when I was like 12, 13, 14, I'd, I'd always take my Peg CDs in my black backpack to try just in case, and yep. to get them signed. And it wasn't until years later, like, it was probably like, yeah, it must be like 17 or 18 and I finally met him. Like, fuck, I haven't got any more CDs. Oh, but no. I met him and, like, I was just, like, telling him how much of a fan and everything I am. He ended up giving me, like, a free copy of Axis and signed it for me. Nice. But, yeah, I bumped him into him again on the closing. 
And yeah, man, I just like opened my heart to him. I'm like, man, just thank you so much for everything you've done for this scene. Like it's just shaped me to who I am today. And it just it couldn't exist without you. Mm. And like I think he almost oh, no, I'm not gonna say he teared up, but he, I think he was touched. Yeah. Like I was basically tearing up as I was yeah. talking to him. It was it was a pretty special moment. Yeah. You um, can really feel that passion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and Hijack and Torture were still there. Muff and Plutonic, but Muff and Plutonic weren't making music um anymore after really after and then tomorrow came. I think Muff sort of went in a different direction to and just sort of started slowing down. Yeah. Whereas Plutonic Lab, he's really just man he's just music 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 yep. he's always yep. he's always pushing and he just moves moving. on to yeah. the next yep. the next thing yeah yeah and gully platoon but yeah they only had the one album um and i guess cursor as well i mean like they sort of just took on the management i guess cursor him, but yeah, i'm not i'm not too sure because again like i don't know cursor sort of started his own thing as well with abk records yeah yeah, they're sort of doing their own thing yeah. now. I'm but not. They, I'm not sure if he was there till the end. Yeah, I don't know. But they, they didn't. So those artists that I just railed off, that's according to the website um, of their roster artists. Okay, it didn't list Cursor, so I don't. Yeah, I'm not really sure on the contractual things there. But yeah, man, I think that's it. That's basically it. Yeah, I mean, I hope, the- I hope we haven't missed out on anything and if we have let us know if we've got shit wrong let us know and we will happily correct it ourselves mm. um man if, you, if you're still listening then hats off to you because yeah straight up it's a big one it is a fucking big one and so. it's all just history yeah this yeah episode, and, so. it's, and that's what we're trying to do we, we want to like we were saying young i mean artists coming up that perhaps don't know the history um it's it's a good opportunity to to learn all this sort of stuff and i think it's you need to know. Yeah. Us, yeah. 100%. I saw this really good quote. Who was it from? I screenshotted it and I'm going to try find it. It's from MC Ren. It came, I'm on this page on Facebook called Boom Bap Nation. And it's from MC Ren. He says, I don't know how you can call yourself a hip hop artist and not study the history of hip hop. And I think that's real. It's very true. Yeah. There's a massive difference between, um, hip-hop and rap yeah hip-hop is a culture yep um it's something that you live there's actually krs1 does a he's got this like talk on hip-hop and it's amazing he's basically saying the same thing it's Mm. like it's a culture it's literally something that you live by yeah even if the music wasn't there hip-hop still exists yep as long as people believe in it yeah it's almost like a religion, mm. but rap is just the act of making music mm. through hip hop. Yes. You know, yeah. Um, and these these are all classic hip hop albums. Mm. Not, I wouldn't even consider these uh, rap. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's hip hop. Yeah, it is that culture. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So well. I guess that's it for another yeah. episode. So yeah, if yeah, like I said, if you made it through, the hats off to you. It's, we really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for listening. And yeah, we got big stuff coming still. Yep. We'll. I don't know. Should we talk what's up in the next episode or keep it a surprise? <laughs> well, uh, no, I think we can maybe say it. Yeah, we've I think got 
Yeah. We've got a uh, interview with one of the nine to five boys, um, Cadet X, who, yeah, he's coming into the studio. He's from yep. the north side of Melbourne. Yep. Around that area. Um, yeah. He's got some, he's released some pretty, a couple of singles off his upcoming album. Yep. Um, yeah, so it should be good. Yeah, good thing. Spread that word of the 925s and yep. good, solid hip-hop coming out of Melbourne. Shit, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much yeah. and we'll see you next time. Yeah, peace. Peace. Peace.